Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cartoncast. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. Uh, and I'm your friendly neighborhood, Josh. Hi, Josh. So great to see you found your way out of that uh, out of that freezing lake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was touch and, and go is, for a while. Yeah. Uh, Josh, endlessly tr- chasing frogs into lakes. What are we going to do with you? No, don't spoil it. God. Oh, I'm sorry. Dumb, dumb. What a major no, spoiler that is. No, you need to say is. something. Say it like I got kidnapped by the guy at the old mill or something. Is that, that better in your mind? <laughs> it's more Scooby-Doo at the very least. Uh, and this is a podcast where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. And today we have a guest on. Welcome back to the show, Josh. Good to be back. Always yeah. pleasure. It's been a bit, and you uh, requested us to watch Over the Garden Wall, it seems. I said, uh, you gotta cover it either this year or next year. You have to get it in before it's over. And again, I have a... I have a repertoire of things that I want you guys to cover, but I'd like there's no way you're gonna get there's no way you're gonna get it all in. So at, at this point, I, it would be easier for I, you just to make your own podcast or, or someone your own said that someone, send yeah, them in. someone said suggested that actually, like do it myself. Well, well, no, I don't know. It's yeah. your guys' show. Hey, give me your show. Let me do it from now on. Yeah, no, you're not, don't do that. Hey, we ain't we ain't doing anything with it. All right. But yeah, thanks uh, for yeah. for introducing us to this because it it came out and I think. It had such a short run, and it wasn't like, you know, merchandise to hell and back. It wasn't a whole brand thing. It was made more of a timeless thing. So it wasn't, certainly didn't reach my awareness for quite some time. Have we said the yeah. title yet? I didn't hear the title. We did. Oh, okay. Maybe. Over the Garden Wall. Okay. I confused this with, uh, I think, Into the Hedge for the longest time. <laughs> well, there's a th- th- so it starts with yeah. a preposition and ends with some sort of like very fifties lawn aesthetic. I was hoping to talk about the title later because they th- that was actually not the original title. Uh, right, I don't know, like there were like four different working titles for this thing, and on this DVD, I bought the DVD. This, remember physical media? I missed that era. <laughs> on the DVD, they have like a pre. They have like a press junket thing, you know, that they make where they have each actor interviewed and then they're like, oh, this is a, you know, this show is this, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. Elijah Wood gets in there and he's sitting there and he goes like, okay, so what, what's the name of this thing again? <laughs> is it the, and, and he's not saying it like, you know, oh, I gotta I'm go too important he's legitimately this. like, I do not know what this is called because it's changed so many times. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Elijah Wood's in this. Um but I think it was uh, it was originally pitched under the title Tome of the Unknown. That's what the pilot's called, Tome of the Unknown. Yep. Mm-hmm. So so this came out in 2014 on Cartoon Network, and it mm-hmm. was originally pitched all the way back in 2006 by the creator Patrick McHale. Uh, he wanted it as a TV show. They wanted it as a film. And he was busy working on um, The Marvelous Midget's Adventures of Flapjack, as well as Adventure Time, which you can definitely see some aesthetic similarities uh, in that last one. Some aesthetic, tonal, and in all other ways, similarities. But thankfully, <laughs> there's some pretty significant differences between this and Flapjack. Um, but and eventually he was time. able to... They, they asked him to pitch something, and he pitched a pilot, uh, Tomb of the Unknown, uh, which was well-received, and so he was able to make a miniseries, which we are treating as a movie because it is about two hours long, has a clear plot, start, middle, and end, and it works fine as a movie <laughs> yeah. it does work fine as a movie i i don't see the there there's a little too much fluff in it if you just go straight through yeah so that, so it was originally well, supposed to be 18 episodes it had to get cut down to 10 for budget and time reasons of those 
like four are plot important and the rest yeah. are, are very tone focused. Well, they, they again, remember this did not air because we're treating it as a movie, but when this aired, it did not air all in one day. They aired right. two of them Monday, two of them Tuesday. And I think they did a good job on e- on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of ending on kind of a cliffhanger of sorts. So if you I think see. about it, think about it, episode four ends with them on the horse, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, they, they're, they're going to some yeah. new status quo. Episode six, they learn the truth about Adela- uh, Adelaide. Episode eight is obviously episode eight. So they... Right. They, they did a good job of making you want to continue, or at least making me want to continue, because I watched it when it aired. It, it goes down very easy. It's, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's dripping with style. It's, uh, it's got a, a really fast plot that doesn't get bogged down too much, but also some really nice dialogue. It, it's, uh, it's the kind of thing that you can just watch really quickly and then just kind of sit and think on it. Mm-hmm. It is, it is very stylistically pleasant, plot and you know, uh, character composition wise, I, I feel like I've seen this before. It's not, the, um, sorry. it's, it's not the most inventive with its characters. Although I enjoyed all of them. Who oh boy, Wirt and Greg, uh, sure do remind you of Dipper and Mabel <laughs> to well, a significant degree. I would, yeah, to a degree. They definitely have that dynamic, but also I will, I will give it credit for this and that it came out at a time when obviously Gravity Falls had premiered two years earlier, but Everybody was kind of trying to jump on the Gravity Falls bandwagon. And I'm again, I literally have to think, what networks were these things on? This was kind of Cartoon Network's attempt because Adventure Time just wasn't cutting it. Nickelodeon had an attempt that no one remembers called... Um, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, and then I think The Hub had something similar, too. Remember The Hub Network? We'll talk about that next time I'm on. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, I hope not. So, again, I think it was kind of brave of them to do this, but also Cartoon Network was still experimenting at this point in time. You know, a certain show that we all hate had premiered, that involves, that was a reboot of a show we all loved, had premiered a year earlier, Teen Titans Go. Oh, Hmm. thank you. Had premiered the year before, (laughs) and so, but they also had these things like Regular Show and Adventure Time, which were kind of pushing the envelope, but by then they were at like year three and year four of Adventure Time, and it's starting to get to a point where it's like, okay, we're kind of at old hat at this point. Yeah, I found it very hard to continue watching Adventure Time after, like, the fifth season. Yeah, I, I remember Adventure Time. I just remember thinking, this was the moment I'm like, okay, I don't want to watch this show anymore. I don't give a damn about Gunther the Penguin. Why am I watching an episode dedicated to Gunther the Penguin? It's 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 sort of a general trend that I found with Adventure Time to some of the later shows that would be coming out trying to kind of ride its coattails is that... Um, they recognized more and more that they could leave the madcap zaniness behind and embrace the ennui and existentialism of Adventure Time. Like all of the all of the downer tonal notes or like the big gut punch stuff in Adventure Time, all of that gets carried over to future stuff and that it all works on me. Some of those nonsense we're gonna watch a, a special needs cinnamon roll for a while. Uh, thankfully does not translate directly. We, we do get the odd episode in other shows, like, you know, Gravity Falls has, like, weird Mabel antics, and that's fine. Um, here we even have a special episode on Greg, the resident Mabel cloud cuckoo lander mm-hmm. of the group. Yeah. But it's, it's to a point. It's They're not a Gunter episode. Yeah. Yeah, it, and, it, and, and that's part of the value of... Every episode has a of... point. 
it's part of the value of having a smaller self-contained product um where as very as well as very short episode length Mm -hmm. right where you don't or one you feel the need to impart meaning to anything you do you have to make use of the time you have but also it doesn't grow so large that it starts to collapse under its own weight like i think you're describing as one of the problems of adventure time i i would phrase it more as getting in its own way Mm. but i i think that that's either however you put it do you think you watched all of steven universe right i i most of it i did i I cut out after the first season okay i did asterisk uh, it, it got a little too far up its own ass after a certain point and started really spinning its wheels, and I got, got kind of sick of it by that point. Yes, I think... I remember thinking, like, okay... It, it got to a point where it wanted to be something for the sake of being something rather than making a quality... Like, they wanted... They, they didn't have something to say, perchance. Oh, I, I found a different irritation with Steven Universe. That was largely... They wanted a big long-reaching macro plot that no one gave a shit about yeah the like i like the notion of crystal gems being on the earth because Mm -hmm. there was a war and these guys are like we we opt out we want to be peaceful and stuff uh and that 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 to my mind is where that plot ends Mm -hmm. uh i don't need to re-engage with these otherworldly beings with some weird caste system that Steven and his ever-loving goodness of his heart has to convert back to the side. That's all nonsense. I should just be, there was a war, we don't want to be in war anymore. Every I think a lot of the, um, a lot of modern shows that sort of overstay their welcome in this way, um, the problem is that initially they have something to say, and after a while they need to keep uh, expanding outward and grabbing onto aspects of their own mythology that can't support that weight, but they have nothing else to go on. Yeah, I guess the um, the the pertinent example that shares some DNA with this show, Gravity Falls, yeah. uh, is sort of the perfect example of that. Of Alex Hirsch being kind of forward thinking and realizing he was done with I, it. What would you do with a third season? season? I do think. <laughs> I think he had. I. Again, we need to talk about off the go. I think he, but we we're talking about shows you've already talked about, so I'll never get to talk about them. I think he had a third in mind. I think he was strong armed into get it done now because those last ten feel very compact. I I loved the first season of Gravity Falls. I liked the first half of season two. The last half I found passable. Huh. Yeah, uh, you you. You could definitely have made three seasons yeah. if you planned it out, but after the second season that came out that they made, mm-hmm. then I don't think there's anywhere to go. In any case, this show... And I love the two gay cops. Oh, they're great. I, I don't even... I think they're just... I, I don't know how gay they are. I think that they're just in love without there being any sexuality there. Someone conf- I think some Alex confirmed it somewhere or something because I've read it. Or maybe that's just fan fiction that I made up in my head. <laughs> I'm not willing to gainsay you. But in yes. any case, Over the Garden Wall shares that sort of sentiment, which is that it has a thing that it wants to say, it has all the charm in the world, and it gets out after 10 episodes. And mm-hmm. I think I really appreciate mm-hmm. that pacing decision, if in fact it was a decision. Josh, I'm eager to hear why this is a show that you chose to want us to talk about. Because uh, I think it's the best. Again, there's not a whole lot of other competition. I think this is the best miniseries of all time, and I think... Ooh. It oh, man, miniseries, animated miniseries. So yes, this is not better than Roots. 
but uh, right. it's still pretty. <laughs> it, I think, again, especially in terms of anything you see on Cartoon Network, anything you see on Nickelodeon, anything you see on Disney Channel, anything you ever saw on syndication or Saturday morning or anything like that, I think this did it succinctly, and I think um, there's something I'll save to the end. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the end, but I think it did it perfectly. It didn't overstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. It it was exact. It was it was exactly what it wanted to be. It was perfect, and uh, it uh, and, won the and, day. And you had also mentioned that this would be, you know, this is a Halloween episode, pretty mm-hmm. much. Like this fits in much better than Ghostbusters did, actually, as this year's Halloween episode, because it it not only does it like revel in the horror and the uh, sort of Grimm's fairy tale aesthetic, it introduces us to a horror genre we haven't really seen much before which is this sort of southern gothic americana lost in the woods there's face spirits that we not only don't understand but can't mm-hmm. there's yes that that is certainly true the southern gothic uh tone of it we have seen horror comedy twists before which is a lot yes. of what this show traffics in and is also a reason why i think we should show this to dan caves as quickly as we can <laughs> yeah, sorry danny we didn't get you in on this I didn't call him Danny. Sorry, Dan, we didn't get you in on this one. <laughs> Poor Danny boy. The but, um, are we going to go episode by episode, or are we just going to do it in general? Yeah, we yeah, gonna... we'll, we'll, we'll go episode by episode. There okay. are a lot boy, of Boy, I don't remember the first few episodes. Like, I, I, we you guys plot. are going to have to carry okay. the plot if but that's I think, the case. But I think it is worth mentioning some general themes and tones. Um, this, As Ben mentioned, there are a lot of Twilight Zone-esque twists and subversions. They love yeah. subverting expectations. They love subverting expectations in one very specific way, which is that there is a Scooby-Doo villain that we're scared of, mm-hmm. and then it turns out that they're totally harmless. And then, oh, wait, there's something actually really harmful that we were just completely <laughs> oblivious to yeah, at the it, beginning. And it's not like it was it was our friend all along. It's like the horrible thing that we're looking at that is actually fine. The actual horrible thing is like two feet to the left. Like it's in yeah. our periphery. It's like it's like someone unmasked the Scooby Doo villain, and then a fucking Jabberwocky just snapped off Fred's at the ankles from underground. Which yeah, it wasn't ghost. a Wolfman; it was a hyena. Scooby Doo, which is ghost. That there's your example where oh, it turns out the monster, <laughs> and then we get the real big right. Um, there are a number of inspirations that uh, Patrick McHale has has mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a game called Game of Frog Pond, which I should have looked into. Um, illustrations of Don Quixote and Hans Christian Andersen's uh, story, The Tinderbox, which has a lot of like the beast sort of imagery. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, and specifically the aesthetic of old New England postcards. That is very strange. Just sort of eternal fall, October, transitory period, which mirrors our protagonist's journey. And one of the things I love about this show is the fact that it gives you the autumn feel. I think better than anything has it. Other than maybe like other than like it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. I think this they have a Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. Yeah, they do. Skeleton Man. (laughs) This is this is sort of like Hundred Acre Woods once the once like after six p.m. is is kind of how it feels (laughs) post curfew. Yeah, (laughs) all the all the horrible scarecrows come out to play. This is why Piglet is so nervous. It's it's Moomin adjacent. When the heffalumps come out, these are the heffalumps. Yeah, and, um, and we follow uh, our main character Wirt and his half brother uh, Greg, um, and their bird friend Beatrice as they sort of navigate. They're trying to get out of the woods. We don't know how they got in there until the end, and um, it's used. The the show is used as a um, 
allegory for Wirth's kind of growing up, getting out of his moody adolescence? I think in more concrete terms, it's everyone kind of fighting against their fears and recognizing that the fears are actually, like, self-imposed. Like, there's not actually anything to be afraid of out there. It's all Wirth being afraid of... So, something that isn't actually there. Yeah, like there are things to be afraid of, but they're never what they what he thinks they are. Well, yeah, I think we'll get to that in episode nine, especially. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Ben. That's exactly what this is about. It's about just realize not even overcoming fears, realizing how stupid your fears are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah, not really overcoming them so much as recognizing that what your fears are are not the reality around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're a kid, you're afraid of quicksand. When you're an adult, you're afraid of getting shot. Tax, yeah, yeah, getting getting shot. I'm by afraid of getting hand. shot. I'm afraid of being punched, <laughs> getting evicted, mm-hmm. low sperm being count. turned into a blue bluebird. Awful. <laughs> hey, that happens sometimes. Um, but yeah, that that's the main premise. Um, they are early on kind of given this quest to go find the witch Adelaide. Love the song, and yep. uh, there is a general fear of this entity known as the Beast. We we should mention that the the music is pretty pretty excellent. The the aesthetic yeah. overall is amazing. You are gonna yeah. Th- this is a bootleg, right? This so or, we'll cut in what we can. Yeah, find. you gotta cut it in. If you don't, then you're morons. <laughs> a lot of really <laughs> incredible uh, vocal talent and uh, jazz and blues musicians specifically like came in and worked on this. And then also whoever plays Greg, uh, he's a Colin child. Dean. Yeah, he's not a good vocal talent but it works for the role yeah well he's supposed to be a child yeah. i understand the the lore zane i understand the narrative and he is a child yeah great um yeah i just wanted to mention that um generally shows with songs in them i it, it, that's that's one strike already but this does complement greg and wirt's dynamic very mm-hmm. well because wirt does not want to be around singing because it's not about the problem that they're trying to solve. <laughs> and song, the song usually helps lead to the resolution. Yeah, I really like that. And one of the inspirations for the music was Tom Waits. I, I buy that. If you ever heard um, Whistling Past the Graveyard, it's like one-to-one could be an episode. <laughs> um, and as for the dialogue, you can definitely feel there, especially the, the Adventure Time aesthetic, the incredibly random like single person first draft but they're a genius kind of dialogue yeah you don't get honestly i know i've said it a few times before but i honestly felt like it was more like gravity falls Mm. specifically with the character of wirt who is very similar to dipper he has that like that very fine-tuned obsessiveness that is engaging but not overbearing like there's this one there's this one thing that reminded me so strongly of Gravity Falls where um, Wirt says, this room is French Rococo style. It doesn't <laughs> seem in line with Endicott's Georgian sensibilities. And then uh, the bluebird is like, who who am I talking to right now? <laughs> What's wrong with you? And I think and this... Okay. I think this played it more realistically. Like if you were... Okay, you guys are brothers. If you guys were lost in the woods... Uh, in this world, and you came across a bluebird that started talking. I don't think you would. I don't think you would go. You know, scream and run away. You would go. What the hell? Well, neither of us are <laughs> special needs like Greg seems to be. Well, he's he's just no. A child. Greg is. Well, I think Greg's supposed to be like five, or he's supposed. To, he's oh, not supposed I to be like eight years old. More... He's supposed to be a lot younger than. I I got a like a distinct 
like not a like a like a willful ignorance to things that he doesn't want to hear mm-hmm. like if if Wirt is ever chewing him out be like you got to stop acting so silly this is your fault he's like it is Oh, check that thing out. Like, it, he just yeah. where, ignores where words, the things that are harmful. Whereas word is too much in his head. Um, Greg is not at all in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, every word out of his mouth is pure poetry, um, but he gets them into <laughs> a lot of trouble. They're, 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 um, they're breaking into somebody's house at some point, and they find, like, this uh, cauldron full of turtles. Mm-hmm. And Greg's like, I want those. And this, you know, witch lady comes up and like, what are you doing in my cabin? And where it's like, Oh, you know, we're just we're just passing through. We don't want to cause trouble. And he's like, "We're gonna burgle your turts," and like, <laughs> "We're gonna burgle your turts" is an amazing line it's that gets beautiful. them into trouble. <laughs> um, but it, been... it also, most of the time, it, it gets them out of trouble because the main theme of your fears aren't act, are causing you more problems than they're solving. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have them. He just states <laughs> yes. what's on the page and talks to everyone as though they're his friend and. Because yes. of the nature of this weird upside down, everyone kind of is his friend. Um, <laughs> my, there aren't really bad actors my, here. My, my wife and I have started watching uh, One Piece, which, mm. you know, oh, pr- pray so for us. Sorry. Um, a show about but, a character I hate and I've talked about before <laughs> on the show. Well, here's the thing. So Luffy it does Can the same kind of thing. Well, he can he can certainly go to yeah, hell. Yeah, it's all about Usopp. Well, he oh no, <laughs> that's not the right take. <laughs> oh, isn't? I like um, him a lot. But he does the same thing uh, that that I connected here, where you know somebody will be like, "Yeah, you guys are welcome here. We just we hate pirates," and he'll just be like, "Oh, we're pirates." <laughs> like <laughs> very guy brush. No, wood. no situational awareness, and it's endearing yeah. if if written well. If and this is written well. My mom does that where she goes where she'll have like. She'll go into like a rival restaurant and be like, "Oh, so have you guys eaten at at uh, Denny's? You know they have good stuff there." Like, mom, don't. It's it's don't. endearing on a five year old yeah. though. Is the yeah thing. that sort of malicious selfishness that children can get yeah. away with. Mm-hmm. So we yeah we've spent the past twenty some odd minutes just singing its. Pra- I hope we're singing its praises. Can you want to? Can we go into episode one and where I do my mysterious voice to say the title of it? Led through the mist by the milk light of moon. All that was lost is revealed Our long bygone burdens Mere echoes of the spring But where have we come? And where shall we end? If dreams can't come true Then why not pretend? The old grist mill. Go. Yeah, so um, what we start with is one of these classic vignettes of scenes that will not make sense until the end. And the ending bookmarks these so that what's happening is we're seeing characters from each episode before the events of them getting into the woods, what's called the unknown. If you go and watch this and you finish the last episode and you start back on this one, you'll be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah, I don't even remember it because like, like th- I had no context for it at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the narrator puts us in a spooky forest story. Impresario Jack Jones, who sang the theme of the love boat. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, we should mention that uh, Wirt is voiced by Elijah Wood. Um, and Great we, read. We get, it's, it's really good. Um, we can... They establish their characters right away in their dialogue, and it's obvious 
to see like Wirt is a warrior wart and mm-hmm. Greg is gregarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also bears mentioning that Wirt is wearing. Maybe this is why I thought it was over the hedge because Snuff, like Snuffkin cosplay. Yeah, <laughs> this very strange uh, aesthetic. He's he's wearing this traffic cone more or less <laughs> on his head, but without the brim of the traffic cone. Yeah, so it's just just a cone, and and also has a cape on. And I'm like, is is this because this is animation and it's stylized? I don't know if this is human. Yeah. And the 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 hat only for, gave me further questions. Is it like the point? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like half lawn gnome, half, and I'm wondering how, where he thought to get these clothing ideas. He's like half lawn gnome, half union Nature soldier. Spirit. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. It's it's a really it's a real fun image, and I like what it says about him that he never considers ditching the hat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, he he's you know he is a uh, he's stuck right. We we don't realize right now but this is all very uh symbolic and ethereal mm-hmm. yes um so we run into beatrice this bird oh, whom they can i can i also say um wirt is the long lanky one greg is the short fat one mm-hmm. it, this will never not work on me Laurel and <laughs> As, yeah just give me give me a, a, a <laughs> give me a mario and a luigi and step back your work is done you've crafted the deuteragonist <laughs> It's perfect. Um, so we are introduced to Beatrice, whom they'll rescue and kind of have a like a who loyalty a, blood pact in the second episode. Who is a bluebird? Um, yep. yep. Who is a bluebird? It's it's obvious to us that she was a human turned into a bluebird. I think just because that is a I, Grimm's fairy tale like standby. Like this is a, a an oral tradition classic. I'll, just like I'll, being lost in the woods is. I'll argue against yeah. that. Nothing was obvious to me based. Mostly on Wirt's attire, like <laughs> the lawn, the lawn gnome cosplay led me to believe that this bluebird, maybe bluebirds just talk here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just, fair. I, I think, and they say this, and I remember thinking this at one point too. Like, is she just a regular bluebird that's trying to become, like, trying to become human? Like, it's she's just... been a bluebird her whole life, but now she's sick of that crap. Now she wants to be human. That's yeah. what I remember thinking, like, by episode four or five. There, there's arguments yeah. there. Um, yeah. but one, one thing that yeah. is obvious is she has ulterior motives. She is up to something. Yes. Because she keeps um, bringing up Adelaide. are introduced to the woodsman, mm-hmm. who, a classic character from, you know, Little Red Riding Hood kind of thing. He is obsessed with chopping down the Edelwood, which look like children that have been turned into wretched trees because that's what they are. Awesome. And grinding the wood into oil to fuel the lantern that houses his daughter's soul. Yeah, Thoughts? That's so that's so Grimm's fairy tales, it blows my mind, and I love <laughs> it. That's that's the notion of the Edelwood being used to keep the lamp lit is such a good horror thing of mm-hmm. like a man slowly descending into madness, making more and more moral compromises to keep you know, to to keep what is important to him alive, uh, it's it's this is the best. This this is the best. I fucking mm-hmm. love it. One of the <laughs> one of the few Twilight Zone episodes that ends on a happy note is basically this guy is trying to keep this clock going, this this like old clock going because he thinks he's gonna die if the clock stops oh, working. Oh yeah. And right, then eventually there he gets to have a, been time then. Yeah, and he's like he keeps fixing it, and his granddaughter's like, look, it's just it says nothing, and then he just gets to a point where it's like. I'm not attached to this clock. 
He's like, screw it. Let the clock clock goes. Clock falls over, and he's like, okay, I'm still here. Screw you. <laughs> that's not that's not super subtle, but I appreciate it. The well, sword. I think it was subtle when they did it. I'm just being me. I can't really. <laughs> I can't give you a. I mean, I had planned Back in the fill time. I had a planned thing I wanted to do of doing the doing a narrator, but I can't do Jack Jones for each title. So I'm just going to say uh, the title in a slightly Donovan esque voice. <laughs> Fair I'll, enough. I'll, I'll, I'll allow Donovan. Okay. Um, they are also introduced to this concept of the beast, which they think is this like horrible dog with glowing eyes um which they trap in a water wheel and grind it and a turtle shoots out of its mouth and it turns back into a regular dog mm-hmm. again thoughts <laughs> i don't remember that at all the dog <laughs> thank you the dog will come back later it's it's beatrice's dog it's beatrice's family's yes. dog which came back to me later on um, um and that's not the beast we are told yeah. um, the beast is this dark figure in the forest the the turtles are this recurring um image that that are, that show up from time to time um this is an interesting uh thing that the author said like people keep asking me what's the deal with these turtles what do they mean and he says it's an imperfection in the quilt um so there is this folk tra- huh. yeah so there's a folk folk traditions of including imperfections in your art it's a sign of humility that what you're making is man-made not divine um, and it adds to the mood without being specific in how they're used. Like, they're clearly related to sin and corruption in the forest. It's just like it implies a greater logic, but it doesn't actually mean anything. We never. I, I don't know if I buy that. That feels like retconning on the author's <laughs> There's part. A, yeah, I'll go quick story. There's a song called The Riddle by Nick Kershaw, and it's uh, I won't read the riddle, take long. And he said he got like letters for years saying, like, okay, it means this, it means this. He's like, there's no riddle. I just picked <laughs> random placeholder lyric because I didn't have time to write actual yeah, lyrics. And I just I'm called the it walrus. the riddle. <laughs> Cuckoo Yeah. When you're when you're a when you're a kid, you mm-hmm. tend to imbibe media as though it was triple checked yep. by a bunch of different sources, and the reality is that a lot of the meaning that you find is that like the author does the heavy lift or the the the, the reader does the heavy lifting yeah. on mm-hmm. a lot of media, and that's what which you might want. very well be true here. I kind of like the turtles as like a through line of the fairy tale nature of everything you know mm-hmm. the tortoise and the hare that whole thing yeah um, it's and there's part some of... there it's it's part of a of a theme that doesn't get hugely explored but it's it's adjacent to a number of uh other stuff in the work it's never really explained as we stated that why the why eating this turtle turned the dog into this beast I don't think, I, or at least I, why I getting rid of the turtle will turn him back to, to turn him to a yeah, regular dog. It, it's it's it, it it was to me kind of like a Dark Souls thing of like this thing recurs. There is a meaning. There but, will not be a satisfying, firm, complete answer. We should maybe it's just kind of the ethereal nature of this. Is there an ethereal nature of turtles? Because now that I'm thinking yes, about it, yes, 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 yes. Keep like going turtles all the way down. It's like deep philosophy stuff. There's like that uh, folklore thing about like the world being on the back of a turtle. Mm-hmm. It comes from. Uh, yeah, it's it's turtles are very prevalent in 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 folklore and like origin myths. It comes from the Greek, uh, the, the 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 legend of the t- the turtle that holds the earth, or that the turtle is the earth, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But it it started in Greece. Uh, we should note that when the dog gets caught in this water wheel, that the, and also other things that Greg and Ward do, it ends up destroying this cottage that the woodsman lives in. Yeah. And so has, yeah, his, like, and has his 
uh, equipment that makes the oil in for this. Yeah, land. so this is going to be an increasingly desperate man. Yes. Yeah, which is they that is how he is framed, and I like a desperate, grizzled, old, dangerous man, mm-hmm. and it, like a man who he's... is in- becoming increasingly feral due to circumstances really appeals to me. And even though he's frustrated, like he's still like. Tells them, yeah, going to town to get, you know, to get out of the forest uh, where you need to take responsibility. You're the eldest, like, you know, love your brother, that kind of thing. Like he's he's still clearly got that fatherly energy. Yeah. And beware the beast. Oh, that can't be yeah, Christopher Lloyd. The beast. I can't do. Christopher. Oh, yeah. This Lloyd. is Christopher Lloyd, by the way. <laughs> like You can do Christopher Lloyd when he's Doc Brown. You can't really do him when he's anybody else. Well, maybe when he's mechanic Jim. But yeah, someone do a Chris. Lloyd someone tried to do this. No. Beware the beast. That wasn't bad. That wasn't the worst. If this beast gets up to 88 miles per hour. <laughs> um, I'm going to put him in the dip. Um, episode two. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let me get the title up because I don't remember. Hard times of the Huskin Bee. I have no idea what that title means, by the way. Yeah, I don't remember what this episode was. This uh, is the town of Pottsfield. This is the one with probably the highest density of Twilight Zone, like... Misdirects. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, is this the pumpkin yeah. lord? This is the pu- pumpkin lord. Okay. Um, so, first off, they, they find Birdie stuck, free her. She offers to take them to Adelaide. She talks. She yeah, says she's indebted words. to them for doing that. Yeah. She has a blood pact. Mm-hmm. Which could be a rule of the forest, or it could be part of her tricking them. I think it's, she's, it's it's nice. I think she's bullshitting them. I think she's bullshitting Well, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I just thought it was she was interested in them. Well, I, like, keeps... I didn't think that there was anything super nefarious I, with her. I will get beginning. to episode six, and I will give my <laughs> argument on that. All right. She does keep trying to steal Greg away from work, like, mm-hmm. divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they, they get into town, and it seems like a ghost town. The turkeys have taken over. The turkeys show up. They're as horrifying as real turkeys are. Yeah. And uh, they hear singing from the barn. We get some uh, pumpkin pilgrims. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... Uh, it's 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 creepy. Uh, it's suitably <laughs> it's suitably creepy. There is a pumpkin overlord who, Chris um, Isaac. I don't know, man. Yeah. Like you get the southern you get the southern gothic kind of um, tone and mix it with Twilight Zone, and it just always comes out like Deliverance. You know? Yeah. I don't even remember what their crime they were accused of was. Do they you, they they, they pretending stepped... to be pumpkins. I, I, I they they I just... stepped on pumpkins. Oh, okay, yeah. And they you know they're. They're not from around and here, and they are sentenced by what? this Charlie Brown great pumpkin Enoch. I want to do the. Sentenced, I want to sentence to please. Do. Yeah, <clears throat> I sentence both of you boys to a few hours of community service. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> so like that's twist the one yeah. or twist the two after we see giant pumpkin man. Mm-hmm. They do some manual labor they're digging holes and they're like, oh shit, these are our own graves. Oh shit, these are other people's graves. Oh shit. The skeletons in here are alive. Are just are just the skeletons alive? They wear the pumpkins. Mm-hmm. Oh, but then you get the double subversion of oh, they're actually just nice. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they just they just wanted to wake their bros in the holes up because they're the lights of the party. And yeah. now that you've done that, you're free to go. They were legitimately going to let them leave. They just didn't realize that that they were going to do that, so they just run away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a thing that just happens a few times where Wirt. And um, fuck Beatrice 
both see obvious danger and it turns out that there is no danger mm-hmm. right there's a menace that, like, without that's just threat recurring over and over um i don't feel like this episode really does a lot other than to like just cement that pattern of plot development i watched damn near everything on the dvd but i didn't watch the pilot for some reason i think the pilot is basically a seven minute version of this the the pilot's very similar it's got a a really good um, episode it's it's a really good episode with um this melon man jazz singer or blues singer who goes to the to the to the city to high society and crows attack yada 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 you can basically write it yourself honestly um this is mood this is all mood and it perfectly yeah that's a lot of this too this is why we were kind of struggling with some plot details is because like i i'll be frank i didn't watch this with my full attention because i didn't need it (laughs) not because i didn't want to just like it it wasn't relevant to get all of the minutiae out of it yeah this is a just kindly kind of pass over me and just i could hear greg saying silly little nothings and yeah because you try and think too hard about it and you're like when is this <laughs> well and that's yeah. that's that's sort of the that, that that makes wirt our sort of author avatar or not author avatar but like our spokesperson in this world because he enters a town full of supposed pumpkin people and he's like okay there's probably someone underneath those pumpkins but there might not be like whatever <laughs> like, <laughs> i got bigger fish to fry i'm just gonna let it and i think let it go I think the pumpkins is kind of the realization of, oh, weird shit's going to, we're going to see some weird shit. Like, whereas with the bluebird, you're like, okay, bluebird, whatever. Like, this is the moment where it's like, okay, we're in some kind of weird, we're we're in another world. We're not. I, I never thought of pumpkins as further world. along the uh, arcane continuum than bluebirds. But I feel like, again, like, I feel like if if I met a bluebird that talked. And again, I know that sounds absurd, but let's say hypothetically we did. I feel like my reaction would not be run away screaming. It would be okay. It's what, time what to do you want, Bluebird? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I would be like, is this a joke? Like, you'd be like, is this a yeah. joke? Is this something? But eventually, you would go, okay. Well, what's next? You, yeah, you want to hang out? Um, people are just people. Mm-hmm. We see Wirt slowly become acclimated to all the weirdness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen all at once, but like as time goes on, as he continues talking to a bird and meeting people who seem like they should be nefarious but aren't, we, we see him slowly just get used to the weird. He doesn't drop the concern, he just gets used to the yes. weird parts of the concern. You voiced yeah. it better than and, I did, yes. And, <laughs> and this whole episode is sort of a, a nice little encapsulation of the mood they're going for where it is heavily harvest season, mm-hmm. right? pumpkins turkeys um you know autumn festivals, leaves. skeletons it's autumn this is the perpetual twilight of this world mm-hmm. yeah school starting again when we get into the next episode which is titled yeah, yeah, yeah. episode three school town follies oh we're going to the pasture to meet adelaide and ask her if she has a way to send us back where we came from I don't know who she is or how she is or when or why she is, but that's where she is. She is where we will go to Adelaide, Adelaide. Yeah, this is this is another kind of just episode of mood. feeling. Yeah, it's a mood, mood episode. It's it's like a gift of the Magi. It ends up as, but it kind of rushes that point. Um, the main thing that I think happens in this episode is that uh, Wirt and Beatrice are becoming kind of more. 
uh, confederates in this quest. Like, Greg is sort of an agent of chaos and doesn't really have a lot of agency, but the two of them are, are kind of butting heads over uh, Wirt's mannerisms and how he goes about things, and, uh, you know, Beatrice says that he's... Uh, he, he's, he's a, he's a goody two-shoes, he always does what he's told, and he takes offense to that and digs his heels in, and, uh, and then also a classroom is happening in the background, and there's, like, maybe a bear out there. I don't know, man. <laughs> and my no-good two-time and man Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, so, the, the, what you said about, uh, Wirt and Beatrice and their relationship is interesting because we, we learn later Beatrice is gonna try and sell them off as child servants to Adelaide. Um, it's weird then that she's trying to train him into not being so obedient. Mm-hmm. You can, you can take that as sort of fighting with herself. Um, yeah, I would, I would say so. I mean, we get a much clearer example of that later where, um, she tries to get them to not go to Adelaide yeah. because she doesn't want to go through with it. Mm-hmm. But here is kind of the first hint that she has some affection for these kids. Um, and the other thing is, with Greg as an agent of chaos, they do a lot of misdirection with their cuts. And this is where I started to notice it, where they'll focus in on one character. And then when they pan out again, another character is gone. Um, it, it's sort of like stage magician craft. Yeah, it, it's it's very good um, narrative focus on Wirt to free up Greg to do some weird nonsense. And I got to admit that I've been singing the potatoes with molasses song <laughs> For a good amount of time this morning. You definitely don't know this. This will come back later. A very important point. Go ahead. The potatoes and molasses song. Which put that in now. I'm not gonna oh, sing yeah. it for you. I've just put it. Put it in. Oh, potatoes and molasses. If you want some, oh, just ask us. The warm and soft, like puppies and socks, filled with cream and candy rocks. Oh, potatoes and molasses. Oh yeah, it's, and, it's and that's really singing. when I got used to the idea of like oh this isn't like a practiced voice actor but that makes it kind of it, it fits it better than a practiced voice actor would fit like he's kind of mushing through his words and saying everything with i'm not entirely sure where this sentence is gonna end it's yeah. so cute they easily could have hired some thank god they didn't they easily could have just hired a woman who could do a similar voice and made her sing but the fact and again just had because they do this where they have an actor play the part and then they have someone else sing for them. Right. right. And they could have easily done that. I'm glad they didn't, even though even though Colin was clearly not a... Pro, he was an actor, but not a pro singer. So. He had no singing this, training like I did. This this episode for me is not particularly um, good yeah. or interesting. It's, it's just, you know, there's a schoolhouse... Her, the school mistress is trying to teach animals how to read. Her father will cut off funding... He's got his own baggage. They have a musical fundraiser. It's just it's just kind of like... It's a lot of nonsense. It turns it's out getting us used to nonsense. Yeah, that her boyfriend is, just to get it really done quickly, that her boyfriend was trapped in a gorilla suit, which is a trope that I... <laughs> a trope that I just go like, okay, I'm kind of... So I'm stuck in the suit. It's like, you couldn't just say, help me, I'm stuck that's in the a, suit. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a reference to the very first Pokemon game. Yes. Where you have to try to get Bill out of that uh, suit, oh my God, that's or, or D D, I think you have to un Jeff Goldblum him in his transmogrifier, right? You have Depending to in the, the game, game you the show, yeah. In the game you D transmogrify him or do the Freaky Friday. I can't remember. Do the Freaky Friday? You, that sounds like a sex un, thing. I think you reverse um, fly him. Yeah, yeah you reverse fly him, reverse and then in the fly. anime, it's pull down the zipper. 
Um, Again, that sounds like a sex thing. This Let's uh, go on. one part of this episode is Greg tries to teach the animals this game of two old cat, which appears yeah. to be them finding <laughs> two old cats. It's like a. It's like a. It's so. Yeah. It's just. It just Calvin ball all the time. With and Greg. one of the cats is too old, and the rac, like, like the raccoon. I thought that was the point of two old milk cats. And it's, what, what is? It's like blackjack. You can't time, go over twenty one. Every time a cat uh, is portrayed in this show, it is the saddest animal yes. I've ever seen. <laughs> I do not know why. Give that thing a bath. That's kind of consistent. They have a lot of affection for frogs and turtles, but dogs and cats get a real short shrift. Maybe mm. it's just because of the uh, the fact that de- ca- dogs and cats for years and decades have been getting, you know, their proper dues and medium. Go back. Like, how many times other than fiddlesticks do frogs get their thing? I was going to say, right. actually, this reminded me so strongly of Fleischer Brother era, not merely because a lot of the designs look kind of cuphead to me, mm-hmm. but also because there is like this this weird focus on reptile <laughs> cartoon animals, which is, is that doesn't happen a lot anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like it happened in the 30s and then kind of never again until the WB frog the and Kermit. 30s aesthetic comes up in a big way in the fourth episode. Josh? Songs of the Dark Lantern. So this is a tavern episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think oh. I think this is one of the more important episodes of the of the middle run. I, I yeah, the plot of it isn't super. It's, my memory is the plot of it's not super important, but it establishes a lot. It establishes that that they're step that they're they're not brothers, they're half brothers. I don't know how that works. Right. I'm an only child. It establishes that um, Wirt has a Wirt is the lover in the group, and Greg is the dreamer. Um, because they call him Lover. Um, well, and they, we learned they, that he they, does have... We learned about Sarah. Yeah, he's got a crush. Yes, thank but you, Ben. It, this tavern, everyone's really into labels. Like in the classic, you know, Grimm's Fairy, the woodsman, the little girl, the that thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so he is the pilgrim. You know, they do a couple false starts with like the lover or, or, or what have you. Um, the They're barn? very insistent that he has a role, which I took right. as because I was I think maybe you seeded this in my brain with the Majora's Mask reference <laughs> that this would be some person grappling with death or the unknown kind of shit. But when everyone was hyper focused on, well, what what did, what's your role? What do you do? I kind of took that as an externalization of his own fears of like, I don't really know what I'm about. Yeah, I, like I, I, yeah. I don't really have a role. In in the in the um, intro and the outro thing, and I never p- would have picked up on this if they hadn't shown it to me directly. This is a dollhouse, and you think oh. about it, it's like yeah, dolls. You don't have like a bunch of doll. You have a doll. Like okay, this is this is the fireman. This is the the policeman. This is the thing. They yeah, all the they all have labels. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um. And they still. Yeah, and. The uh, barmaid is is very clearly Betty Boop. Mm-hmm. Like they are leaning into this early animation style, as they do again later. The Highwayman is lovingly, horribly animated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is. Uh, we get some real courage. The cowardly dogs. Everything's fine in the animation, except for this one black hole of <laughs> insidiousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rotoscoping. Uh, but- thank you. Oh, but I think the fact that Wirt doesn't have a label, doesn't have like a job title, is because he is a kid, right? This is right. part of his journey to adulthood. He's trying to sure. find the label that he is comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, and like it, it comes up in 
not insignificant number of times in the next few episodes of how lost he is. Yeah. Um, but both in terms of being in this woods and both in terms of who he is as a person and both in yeah. terms of who he is in his normal life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, okay. And eventually they leave the tavern uh, to go confront the woodsman. Uh, they steal a horse. Nice to horse your acquaintance. That's something. Yeah. Uh, is this is this that? This is, this is Chuck Stoller? the Evil Sandwich guy. This is Chuck the Evil Sandwich guy. I was, I was like, I'm not going to get him to do a cameo for this one, so don't ask. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. So he he doesn't actually uh, do a lot. We lose him in the next episode. Yeah. Which I think is good. You know, it's kind of like Pokemon. <laughs> how we get that one kid who was the photographer for like two episodes, and then he leaves. It's like, okay, you served your purpose. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> and in the next episode. You want to leave me into it, or you just want me to say? No, yeah, go well, ahead. Here do we have more to say about this? He could have just been there the whole time, though. Like the frog sticks around. Yeah, we feel like the frog. There's, the frog. There's nothing stopping we, we the horse from following. We haven't mentioned Greg has this frog that he found, who's been keeps trying to name and gives different names every episode. Who just mm-hmm. like ribbits occasionally. Dude, dude, how cute is five year old obsession? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go look for frogs. And then all of my attention is going to this specific frog. I have a rock. And it is now mine sa- for life. <laughs> I have a rock that says Rock Facts, and his name is Rock Facts Rock. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's, ama- that's so beautiful. It's a rock fact. <laughs> Not a fact about Iraq, the country, a fact about Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it means. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew what it means. I didn't look it up, and I don't want to know what it means. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, episode five, Josh? Mad love. Yeah, this one this one didn't do a lot for me. Was this the this the this one. was the tea company yeah. people? Yeah, he said classy meal with a rich dude. Yeah, he said that in the because I listened to the DVD commentary. He said this was inspired. Patrick McHale said it was inspired by a dream he had one night where he was gonna go buy a house, and then he bought the house, and then it turned out that there were more rooms to the house than what he thought before <laughs> he bought it. And I'm just like, man, your dreams make a lot more sense than mine do. This, this, no, the, yeah. this whole show has a dream logic to it. Yeah. Sure. And, like, I do like the notion of their houses, their mansions are so big that they end up connecting, but they don't realize it because the houses are too big. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's <laughs> a cute kind of joke. But, uh, yeah, there's not much to it one, that. One of the things that occurs to me is uh, Beatrice and the horse are like, let's just... Because the guy, Endicott, the tea company owner and the owner of this mansion, is... Basically, like a sadder, ver- a sadder. He's like reverse Willy Wonka. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the Beatrice and the horse are just like, let's just let's just go through this. Let's just find money and get the hell out of here. Let's rob this guy. And Wirt and Greg, Wirt's like, no, we're not gonna rob this guy. <laughs> you're you're and, already pretending to be his nephew. What? <laughs> what's what's different about this? Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a term of endearment. Yeah. This. I is... think the only thing that really gets accomplished in this episode is that Beatrice and Wirt. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of lay out their backstories a bit more clearly to each other. Beatrice mm-hmm. was a human, got turned into a burb, as well as her whole family, and that's why she wants to go to Adelaide to get the uh, spell to reverse it. And Wirt has a crush on a girl and is real insecure mm-hmm. about having emotions. Mm-hmm. And the rich guy who all his fabulous wealth doesn't make him happy is a is a classic trope like stock a, character and fairy tale logic yeah yeah like it's uh, the tail end of a fairy tale wherein someone like gains the world but loses their soul yeah. this is the only thing that i had seen that made me aware of 
over the garden wall is the scene where they're talking about stealing because I've seen it in memes. Really? Yeah, because it's like, listen, we got to get money. He's like, well, we shouldn't steal. And they're like, well, we stole a horse. Fred is his own horse. He can do what he wants. I want to steal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank That's you, an amazing Fred. conversation. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, not not a lot here. They leave and Fred also the, the the shaggy dog story of the whole episode, where they each get where they get two pennies mm-hmm. in order to pay for the ferry to take them to Adelaide, mm-hmm. and Greg just dumps it in a wishing well. And I've always this is something that I never get to talk about that uh, things. I find the concept of coins being wishes hilarious. I don't oh, yeah? know just why. In like general, this, <laughs> yes. I, there was this "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" episode. I just remember where the kid steals quarters out of out of the fountain. And I just remember someone saying, "And now those wishes will never come true." And I just busted. <laughs> like you're laughing right now. I was like on the floor for funny. some reason. Yeah. I, I like the notion of the wishes are only valid wishes. Like, they only get accounted for by the genie bureaucracy as long as the coin is still in the tank. There's it's a... tooth fairy logic. So, yeah, episodes two through five, I felt dragged. And I was like, is it over soon? Uh, everything after this, much brisker. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so, so, yeah, episode six. Lullaby in Frogland. This is amazing. Yes. They, this they is, get on the ferry. This is an old Mickey Mouse cartoon routine. Now, now one thing that occurred to me, when I watched this for the first time... Well, go ahead, let's start a little bit. Yeah, well, they're on, a, they're on a steamboat, and this is the first kind of, like... Everything before this, I'm like, oh, we're in, like, some Eastern European country in the early 1800s or something. And now we're seeing, like, no, this is kind of classic early Americana. This is Steamboat yeah. Willie. Yeah. It is it is exactly Steamboat Willie. Like not not with the like, torturing animal antics, but just like the feel and tone of it all and like everything looks like it and there's there's fiddlestick gremlins running around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, the the steamboat is populated by frogs and uh, they don't have tickets. No. They do not. They so they dress up as a frog and a drum respectively. And Greg's pet frog apparently is capable of speech but just no. didn't feel like doing it up until now i love word i love word like putting his hand out and opera and moving the thing up and down like it's a puppet the, the frog's mouth yeah and the again the I old lo- bit of the cops go seems legit yeah yeah that's fine and greg asks like why is our frog naked and the other ones are wearing clothes which is not a thing i noticed it didn't occur to I, me i, I never like wa- the notion that the frog that greg's frog just didn't He's questioning because he's a nudist, and yeah. is the only way that he could live his best self. You never thought you never thought that weird in those older cartoons, like with the Looney Tunes, how like Bugs Bunny never wore pants, but other characters wore pants. Do you never notice that? Okay, if I start getting hung up on that, we get into whole like is Popeye a space alien? Like it just it just opens up too much. Yeah, uh, um, I do love the continuity of they said that um, Wirt played the clarinet in the other episode yeah and now they need a bassoon player and he i don't remember the terminology he, he <laughs> his ombre sure isn't up for it maybe the yeah, low notes what is that who's that joke for <laughs> it's for me i loved it yeah as, as non-musicians we just assume well you played one thing you can play other thing like in the same category and i a two musicians like no i can't from middle school to high school, school they switched me they switched me from trumpet to trombone and I'm like, yes, exactly, that's the exact problem. You have to, you have to switch up your mouth just enough. And the moon rides the waves to the shore. 
devil sets his voice singing Content to be slightly forlorn A song rises over the lilies Sweeps high to clear over the reeds We should note that Beatrice, uh, during this Ferry. They're on the, theoretically, they're on a ferry ride that will take them directly to this Adelaide person who will get them out of the forest. Through the whole boat ride, she's like, well, why don't we just not go there? Let's go somewhere else. Yeah, they else. bonded. Yeah, and I, when I first saw it, I interpreted it as, obviously it has a different meaning now, I interpreted it as she has grown attached to these two, she does not want them to go to Adelaide and then be out of her life, not right. she doesn't what what ultimately happens? I interpret it I, the first I think, way. I think that's I think that's the intended uh, impression because that's exactly yeah. how I felt. Mm -hmm. I I think that that is the necessary bait for the switch that they undergo mm -hmm. in the next episode. I think Beatrice is an incredibly like subtly um, related character where a lot of her inner emotions don't become clear until a rewatch. She's also yeah. like just a necessary foil to Wirt because Greg can't really provide conversation after a fashion yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> this is so that word has someone to bounce ideas off of and uh yeah great character um and also uh on this boat ride when greg puts a drum on his head and that's mm -hmm. his disguise yeah. he keeps on like saying like you have to drum me or he'll hit himself with the drum mallet and he'll say ow mm -hmm. but he'll keep saying it in the same way that doesn't sound pained it's just like oh ow. oh ow. <laughs> okay yeah it, f a 5 year old yeah. recognizing that pain should be occurring but not actually responding to the stimulus he's, I'm not he's happy one... that he got the noise right <laughs> i'm not the only one that does that where like someone no. drops something on me i go ow no you say ow to prevent it from hurting it's a, it's an automatic reaction mm -hmm. honestly um and it's weird that this episode before it ends we shift into the witch stuff. Mm -hmm. they, um, they they get to the end of the boat ride. Uh, the frog is offered a record deal and given some lovely socks. <laughs> yeah, sure. One one of the, <laughs> the one, again, bunch of working titles. One of the working titles. Thank God they didn't go with this. One of them was Frog Socks. Just frog imagine socks, if this had been yeah. called Frogs. I mean, the whole Doesn't show work. had been called the whole Frog Socks. Show. That's weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so uh, they, they have a little heart-to-heart -heart at the campfire, and Beatrice takes off in the night, meets with Adelaide, like, hey, the deal's off, and she's like, nuh-uh, I'm taking orders from the Beast, and um, she tries to capture the boys. Who who played Adelaide again? Um, John Cleese. I, that's what, okay. Who was also Endicott. And the, in the next episode, Auntie Whispers is Tim Curry. Uh, yeah. Oh, God, don't, don't, not yet. <laughs> we'll talk We're not that. there yet. <laughs> Don't you understand, Zane? We, I'm not ready. <laughs> uh, it's weird how we've spent several episodes looking forward to meeting Adelaide, like this mm -hmm. this Wizard of Oz type kind of person. Mm -hmm. And she shows up kind of as an afterthought in this frog episode and mm -hmm. is defeated within two minutes of us meeting her. Pay no attention to the woman under the covers. Uh, a, sort of like a thread witch. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a deleted scene on the or a deleted scene. I can't remember if it's a scene or if it's a script. I just remember her saying, "My sister has child servants. I want child servants too." <laughs> like shame, yeah, that, shame that didn't get a nothing episode. burger of a character, yeah. especially like there's been a song and a reprisal of the song devoted to this character. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it yeah we, definitely yeah. definitely a big Wizard of Oz and bait and switch. We didn't we didn't talk about two Adelaide. Did we? No. Um... To Adelaide. Okay, there we talked about it. Good. Let's go on to 
I, yeah, I do well, like the song. Yeah. I, I there's there's something there's something whimsical in the in the lyricality of like we don't know who or why or where she is, but some, something like that. It's yeah, very and, cute. And the legend matters more than the person, although mm-hmm. the person I think is very striking. Who, you know, she has these yarn threads everywhere. She traps them in them. She her her thing that undoes the curse of Beatrice being a bird is like this shearing scissors mm-hmm. to to literally cut the wings off birds. That is a, such a Grimm's fairy tale yeah. solution yeah. to a magic curse. Apparently, in the original draft, she was supposed to have like many arms, like a lot of of Black Widow and Spider uh, imagery. Ah, that makes sense, and I, I think I would have appreciated Spider that Link. more as well. But they they defeat her by exposing, opening up the window, and exposing her to the Dark Knight air. Um, I thought this was she she melts like a Wizard of Oz witch. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was just really interesting that like the darkness is the thing that characters fear in this show. Mm-hmm. But so often it is the source of their strength. Like we'll see later with destroying the lantern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that everything in this, in the upside down, in the unknown, operates on the logic of the only thing that has power over you is fear, mm-hmm. and the beast gains power from that fear. So, like the fact that she's afraid of the cool night air is because she's afraid of it. Like it, it's, okay, it's, yeah. it's like a self-recursive sort of like self-fulfilling prophecy almost. I buy that. But then they realize that Beatrice tried to trick them and they basically abandon her. Yeah, and this this makes Wirt... Because like, Wirt is a suspicious guy from the get-go. He doesn't trust anyone that they meet and Beatrice has wormed her way into his heart a little. Mm-hmm. And this was like kind of the chink in his armor that he sort of just starts giving up yeah yeah um on to episode seven the ringing of the bell yeah um <laughs> we run into the woodsman again warns the beast it's just sort of keeping us aware of the overarching threat now that the immediate threat is, is subsided uh mm-hmm. and the boys end up in this abandoned house with uh, there's a basket of turtles <laughs> I love that. <laughs> We're here to burgle your turts. That's man, yeah. That I don't know. It, anytime turtle is abbreviated like in Tuka and Birdie, I'm I'm just I'm here for it, man. And we get this uh, pale waif, uh, Lorna, this sort of child servant uh, Cinderella type. Yeah. Uh, and she warns them of Auntie Whispers, whom whom we see. <laughs> Auntie Whispers, what a name. What a what a performance. She, also, she looks like that uh, witch from uh, Spirited Away. Yes. Yeah, Baba with the Yaga. big old googly eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's haunting yeah. in every sense of that word. And it, yeah. It's overused, but it, it applies here. And she's, she's again, it's like a... Uh, you mustn't be here type story. You know, you mustn't be here. When the, if yeah, you're here, I need to protect de- my... You will be devoured if you if you stay here. Auntie whispers... Cannot she she kind of talks yeah. about everything in that spinster way of, like, stating the fact that yeah. it's somehow more chilling than an overt threat. Where she's not yelling, she's just saying to the kids, you've entered the house of doom, children. Your doom. <laughs> but leaving out a crucial factor in that. Because Cru- crucial yeah. detail. Yeah. Right. They do the bait and switch. This is the pumpkin episode again, plot-wise. Mm-hmm. They, they think that everything is fine. It's, in fact, not fine. Oh, wait, not not fine in the way you thought. Wait, everything is actually fine. I but in the keep... reverse. It, it, right. Whereas the pumpkins, <laughs> it turns out, it, it turns. oh, no, we're just fun pumpkins. Here, it's, no, we're going to devour your soul. Yeah. 
um, but not in the way you think. She's like, I need to keep Lorna busy by commanding her with this bell so that she doesn't become wicked. We'll free you by doing some of your work. You can join us and escape. And no, no, she becomes wicked. You know what? Exercise her. You know what this kind of reminds me of in tone sometimes is uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. There is, I don't know if either of you are familiar with it at all, but there is like, it's it's the Jonan Vasquez dark comedy series that led into Invader Zim. And uh, the first bit of it is some like door-to-door salesman guy um, bothering him and him eventually trapping the guy in the house and saying you don't understand i need to keep the wall wet and there's just this wall dripping with blood and just (laughs) it's it's played for comedy because it changes color when it dries (laughs) he likes that color yeah it's complete nonsense like everything operates on rules of nonsense because this person thinks that they do and that's the kind of feeling i got from this bell Mm -hmm. it's like you know you don't understand we need to keep ringing the bell yeah anyway Um, yeah, but I, I really liked this. I thought it was very well characterized. It was very cute, like, you know, Wirt's kind of letting his guard down again. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, you know, you get the feeling of desperation from Wirt because the other female attention in the near recent past was very treacherous, in fact. Yeah. So, um, his guard is really up after this point. Anything else in this episode? Uh, none, nothing that comes to mind. Oh, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. This is like the last. This is like the last thing he did before he had his stroke, and it's kind of oh, sad really? to think about. I th- yeah, huh. I'm pretty sure this was this was the last. Yeah, Young Justice was earlier. Yeah, I think this was the last thing. Wow. So who was he in Young Justice? He was like the. He's the guy. I can't remember the name of the character, but he's the guy on you know on a television, kind of like your 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 news guy, like. These superheroes aren't as great. Oh, that guy. That guy. Fucking oh oh fucking um. Oh goddamn! I'm gonna be so upset. The one that's I not J. Jonah Jameson. It's yes. the other guy. Yeah. No no no. Yeah. It's 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 the glorious one. Uh, Godfrey. Yeah. G, yeah. G, G, Gordon Godfrey. G Gordon Godfrey. Gordon G. Godfrey. Yeah. And, who <laughs> was an agent of Darkseid. I'm not joking. And then, but again, I, <laughs> that is the lore behind that. Incredible. And by the way, I didn't. Behind, behind that. By the way, I didn't like Young Justice. So there. No, I'm sorry. We'll talk about that another day. I actually liked it a lot, oh. but only the first couple of seasons. Um, yeah, so we move into uh, the home stretch. So episode eight is where things kind of come to a head. Babes in the wood. Yeah, because it's a bit more of a it's a bit more fanciful this one, mm-hmm. or a bit more childlike uh, this one. So in this one, Wirt is kind of giving up, and uh, Greg is still endlessly positive, and most of this is taking place in his head as a, like, Merry Melodies-style series of dancing characters. Mm -hmm. It's very much a Mabel trance that he is in. Mm Mm-hmm. I yeah, like where, where everything more is psychedelic than this one. This one is much yeah. more whimsical and childlike. Sh- Sugar and lollipops with the occasional huge sad dog <laughs> with a human yeah, face. <laughs> that... Dolphin with let's just fists. let's just move past yes. that one. <laughs> um, no, this brings a lot of good Steven Universe energy to the mix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He he kicks open the gates to the North Wind. Um, there's a lot of songs. Basically, it's his brain interpreting his eternal whimsy versus the overwhelming forces that they're up against as well as the chill of the storm that is uh, enveloping the old north wind he starts to howl puffs up a 
And the, uh, well, I don't remember her name. The, uh, I want to call her like Mother Goose, but that's not right. But she's a, <laughs> she's of that type. She's of the, or, the magic uh, or queen. Magic queen, the uh, the fairy godmother, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And agrees to grant Greg one wish. And we don't hear the wish, and she, but he whispers the wish to her, and he, she goes, "Are you sure that's what you want?" Which is a trope mm-hmm. of any kind of wish thing. And he goes, "Yep, it's great." Yep. And then we get we get back to uh, out of Slumberland. Uh, Wirt is still asleep next to this tree, and the 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 great thing about the way they shoot it is they don't show Greg's face mm-hmm. in this scene, and he's basically saying, "Well, goodbye, Wirt. I hope you get." Without saying goodbye, he's like, "Well." I'm taking off or something like that. I can't even remember what the line was. Just basically like, you'll yeah. be out of here soon. I got yep. I got shit to do. He's he's made a deal with the beast. He made a Faustian yeah. bargain. Yeah. And it's it's worth pointing out here that um at the beginning of the episode, uh, that Wirt kinda reached a breaking point of I'm giving up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the thing that causes the 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 tree to the like the, the kind of Edelwood tree to start like enveloping him. Mm-hmm. So, so Greg can see mm-hmm. that Wirt can't leave now because yeah. he's he's given up. Between the uh, deal with the Beast and the fact that we are ending in a an extremely cold and dark uh, uh, place, um, parallels have been drawn between this series and like Dante's Inferno. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kind of like descending the layers of hell. I think that's a reasonable read. I just don't know how many specifics you can get out of that, or or how much it adds. I, I don't hate it, but I didn't really make that connection. Mm-hmm. I know uh, not yeah. your reference, so Dante's I never read Inferno? Dante's Inferno. No, I didn't. I, I mean, oh, I'm familiar with the sure? title, but I never read it. I'm sure yeah, there's some very. I'm sure there's some. Have Have you watched the 2010 animated video game tie-in where he fights a boat? <laughs> uh, <laughs> is you making this up? Is this like the thing you no, do? No, he is not. We did it for oh. the Carton cast. <laughs> that's uh, That's what I was gonna say. Oh, well, then that makes it real. <laughs> you're talking oh, yeah. about yeah again but no i'm i'm sorry i'm not familiar with it, but i know what you're talking about of course um, um but yeah, yeah episode so nine. okay this episode is nine. this is the big one this is yeah. the sort of like critical you must watch yeah. for this to make any yep. sense this is this is this is beautiful into the unknown right and and this land they've been traveling we've been saying like it's a grim's fairy tale forest it's called the unknown yeah, it's very much the upside down kind of territory. And this is a flashback of uh, how we ended up here, which is that they are modern kids or like '80s. I kind of got the sense from the cassette tapes and wood paneling. An I, yeah, I think I would say so. It could be any time after like 1975. I think. I think if you if you want to make the argument that it was yesterday, I think you could. Yeah. There's also like the very um, tongue-in-cheek nod to sitcom formula stuff, where mm-hmm. like. He is making a love song to give to Sarah, and there's this this rival, whom is 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 trying to get. Yeah, you got <laughs> Jason Fungerberger. Jason Fungel. <laughs> Jason Funderberg. This and this, yes. this joke is so yes. fucking good because <laughs> you've seen enough sitcoms to be like, oh, the jock. He's the jock. He's yep. the cool he's, kid. He's really pretty. He's really like cool and has a has a nice laugh and everyone like no. Don't spoil, don't spoil, it, don't spoil it. Let's get oh, into okay. it first cuz 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 
what happens is Wurt's sitting at his bedside, and we hear the best song ever. So the uh, the fight is over, and then that's where you put the music in. And Wurt, he has this tape that he was going to give to Sarah. That's basically just a profession of love. With yeah, some yeah. Music. It's, and he's got it's all my '69 and moody poetry. Yeah. <laughs> and he he's like, and eh, screw it, I'll do it. And he he gets a Santa hat. Cuts the foam off, cuts the the foam white part off the of Santa it. The Santa, the Santa yeah. bit, and that's the hat. And then he goes up into his attic and gets some old Civil War thing and puts that on. And I thought it looked pretty gray, and that worried me. But I looked up the emblem on the hat, and that's a Union. That's a Union thing. You can, <laughs> oh, you can thank be, goodness. You could be in the Northerner and still collect Southern sem- memorabilia too. Technically Maybe true. Maybe his parents were Civil War. <laughs> Maybe his stepdad is a big Civil War buff. We don't know. That doesn't make it better. Well, no, he could be a uh, Civil War buff. Like, you know about the war. No, you I know, know about the mean. battle and everything. You can still take stuff. Like, if you had Robert... As I understand, every yeah. stepfather is really invested in some old war. Yeah. Yeah. We never meet the stepfather, uh, by the way. We're just saying that. But yeah, oh, by the way, the, the hat... Um, the hat you mentioned, this spiky hat he wears in the third episode when he's put into, like, the dunce corner, that's pretty good because it's, yeah. it's already looks like that. The joke I... would have normally been that he puts the dunce cap over that and it just covers right. it completely. But no, they subvert it, which I like. I love that the the solution to why the fuck is he wearing that mm-hmm. is both so clever and also so such a nothing burger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one. It was. Just, it was a. It was a Halloween costume. No, like and it, it should look. Well, like not an even idiotic. a specific one. Yeah, no one <laughs> asked this guy. Yeah. At no point does anyone ask. So what are you supposed to be? <laughs> but yeah, he goes to he goes to the football game. So we're expecting like, oh, you know, she's this cheer. She's cheerleader, cheerleader and I'm <laughs> on the bleachers. And uh, Fungus Burger is uh, is quarterback, and he runs into these like uh, these Me- girls who. Okay, he thinks everybody hates him. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves him. Yeah, <laughs> these girls are like, again, guy. they're like kidding. It's kind of like what I was like as a kid too, where I just assumed everybody hated me. It's like, no, Josh, right. you were the problem. You, there, there was a, yeah. re- you were the one making more out of this than it was. I yeah. love that we are finally in a place that isn't literally Wurtz externalized mm-hmm. feelings of internal resentment. Yes. Like when we're in the actual world where Wurt is interacting with other people. Oh, that we just—it's—it's it's immediately clear. Oh, the problem's in his head. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. The, there's no problem with this guy. It, like, it's, he's it, making the problems. But yeah, it's—it's it's great to show that Wirt's an unreliable narrator, mm-hmm. but not for any of the like wacky bullshit. Just for like his him own hating himself. <laughs> we should... And even to the degree that he blames Greg for getting them mm. lost, which we'll soon see is not the case. He blames Greg for everything. He is so desperate not to see that the fault is with him mm-hmm. for his social problems, yeah. for ending up in situations that he is external. Like, the the projection on this teenager is, yeah. is so extreme. If- um, and it's just great to see all the stepping stones that get us there. If he didn't have a Greg, he would be like a hermit. He would just sit. He would be the. He'd be like the weird. Oh, he's a kid, million. He's a hundred percent going to be a <laughs> being gonna turn into an incel without yeah. Greg. And, and and Greg like walks up to these you know girls in costumes at the football game and like this is you know this is a confession of love mixtape for Sarah and, she, and all the girls are like oh great cool yeah good <laughs> like Greg's Greg's not the problem here. No, Greg's the solution. Greg is like he Greg's is. Who we all like, wish we were. Although I feel like he he is so he's yeah. like the perfect. This is how you pick up girls at a dog park: mm-hmm. is you just 
you introduce them via someone who has no agency nor any problem with meeting mm -hmm. people. I feel like, though, if I were a teenage girl and someone did that to me, I would want to watch Sarah listen to the tape. Oh, yeah. And that's the one thing that stood out to me, is that yeah, they don't, they're not like, uh, here's a tape, maybe you should play it now. Um, I do like that one of the girls is dressed as an egg, and yes. he knocks her over, just a little Humpty Dumpty add in a reference. I just, oh, yeah. that's cute. I'm, I'm an egg. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> Everyone knows you're an egg. That feels real. Um, we also understand why Greg is dressed with a an upside down tea kettle on his head. It's because he's he's the world's shittiest elephant. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it never I came up Greg. before then. Greg it's amazing. So you don't think about yeah. it. You're thinking you're just, like, yeah, he seems like a kid who this would is, do that. Well, I didn't even think of it that way. I thought this is normal attire for this world they live in. They're yeah. This welcome to yeah. old country yeah. <laughs> where we put pans on head. We should also note that he uh, helps old lady Jenkins, uh, not old lady Jenkins, that thing, old lady Daniels, uh, do some yard work in exchange for candy on Halloween. I don't think we need to on, note that. Well, no, 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 it does come back joke. later. It does come back it's ex later. It explains why he has candy to do the Hansel and Gretel thing. He and also steals oh, a rock, right. which he shouldn't rock. have. Yeah. I forgot about the rock, yeah. rock facts. Um, but yeah, so so he, he gets invited to a party. No, he doesn't get invited. He's like, I didn't get invited, which... You probably were invited. You just didn't get the map. You just yeah. Every yeah. <laughs> everyone's happy to see him. Yeah, everyone wants him there, and we can see that Sarah's really into him. He's he's talking about Sarah like she's like some cheerleader, like unobtainable. And you yeah. you see Sarah and like okay, that's my favorite line of hers is yeah. I wanted to do ballet, but mom really wanted me to go into wrestling. <laughs> but just this yeah. throw it like yeah. And it's but uh, we got to cram a lot of characterization in here real quick without sounding mean. It doesn't seem like the toughest ask. Like it's, if you went up to her and said, "Hey, you want to go on a date?" It seems like she'd be in. Like there's sometimes where you're like, "Hey, I'm thinking I'm gonna ask her out." Uh, you're gonna get your head. You're gonna get your heart broken. You may not want to do that. When you're a self-hating teen, everyone's unattainable. Yeah, it's it's sanitized for the sake of cartoondom. It's never that easy I, in real life, especially when you're a teen. I love I love her character. She's just kind of like, eh. like she seems yeah, very, when, for lack of a better word, down to earth and like some the kind of person that, yeah. She, she doesn't have the teenage hang-ups that Wirt does. Yeah. Um, it's aspirational. Mm -hmm. But um, we, we also hear, you know, speaking of sanitization, yeah. when she invites him to go to the graveyard, like, yeah, you know, we're just going to go into the graveyard, drink some totally... Age-appropriate age appropriate yeah. drinks. What, like juice? Yeah, you know, something like that. <laughs> it's like the Very thing you'd wholesome. say to your parent, like... Oh yeah, we're gonna go. Don't worry, mom. We're gonna have. If, you know, we're, we're only gonna have some juice. Don't worry. You know. It's it's a very like Gravity Falls Steven Universe line. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. And, but yeah, we meet Steven Fungerberger. Jason Funderburg. We don't even know Jason, his name. Yeah, Jason Fungerberg. The Just coolest, Universe, the coolest guy up. in the world. It's yeah. it's such a funny joke that this person has been built up in Wirt's mm -hmm. mind as his like romantic rival. That he he even says like he's got everything to offer. I got nothing. And this 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 dude is into Sarah, but he has the least game of any teenager <laughs> that has ever been. Hey, yeah. Sarah, good to see you. And the way he talks, just he he's yeah. he's a lot like the um, the 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 mirror mirror version of Arnold mm -hmm. from Hey oh, Arnold. Uh, oh yeah, Arnie, Arnie. Yeah. or or that mouth breather character. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ernie, I think is his name. Ernie, yeah, where he blinks one eye at a time. Mm -hmm. Oh God, yeah, he's he's fascinatingly unpleasant <laughs> yeah but they talk about uh, but it, yeah but it really all this does is show us yet again we made this enemy mm -hmm. 
this enemy doesn't exist. This obstacle isn't there, my dude. He is his own <laughs> obstacle. And also, yep, they, um... they talk about this on the DVD, and I didn't, I never thought about this until now. He's like, you know, what Jason has that Greg doesn't have is confidence. That yeah. is true. And that's all yeah. he has, <laughs> but <laughs> not a lot. And you think, <laughs> just yeah, enough. You go. I'm, I'm curious. Did you guys go to your high school reunions? Because I didn't. There's no point in oh, going. Oh hell no. Out. I, I, I think did. those became outmoded once Facebook. Facebook oh was yeah, invented. I guess that's a point. If I could have salted the earth, I would have. Okay. Well, again, I get that thing of like. <laughs> it's my earth too, Ben. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that next time I'm on because it's one of my favorite things. We'll <laughs> leave that there. But yeah, but you get the feeling. It's like, well. But again, yeah, Jason's like he's got confidence. That's why he's like you know, screw you. I hate you. Oh hi, Wirt. How you doing? You know that kind of. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and everyone's like, glad when he shows up in the graveyard too. He is a snake in the grass. He's just an impotent one. Well, there's mm. there's a uh, when they get to the graveyard and he's trying to hold hands with Sarah, which the, the G-rated version of what we all know. Uh, mm. She's like, you "Take your hand off, please." And he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." And the girl next to him on the other side says, "I'll hold your hand." Later on, when we get to the final scene, he's holding hands with the other girl. Oh, uh, yep. I didn't notice that. That's nice. Mm. Yeah. Love the one you're with, I guess. Yeah. Teenage self-sorting. So they follow them into the graveyard. Greg blows his cover that he's an awkward nerd spying on them. Um, but, but and again, really cares. No and again, and again, they're like, oh, hey, Wirt. You want to come join us? No? Now, the police show up, yeah. and we've seen them a couple of times this these, episode. These are yeah. pretty much Gravity Falls police. These are our friends. <laughs> yeah, from... where, where they're like, hey, you kids, what are you doing out after dark? Haha, it's happy Halloween. Get out of here. <laughs> hey, you're not supposed to be here. Hey, you're. Yeah, which I don't think you are. Are you allowed to go in a cemetery after. They have closing after hours, dark, don't no. they? Yeah, they have closing hours. Yeah, okay, so they are they are breaking the law, but yeah. it's like the lamest well, law ever. Yeah, but ever. the cops don't care. Yeah. They yeah. they give the haha. We're just kidding. It's Halloween. We get yeah. it. We've been kid- we were kids once too. Just we're, be safe. And Wirt's up his own ass too much. <laughs> yeah, we're just kidding. And and we see Wirt and Greg climb over the garden wall. Which I would right? point this out is... that where's the garden? Like, are we growing dead people? It's a it's a it's a garden of skeletons yeah. that uh, mm-hmm. through the lore are also pumpkins. So it all tracks. Yeah. And they get to wow, the, yeah, yeah. kind of. <laughs> yeah, again, and, and we're explained everything, and it's like aha. And I think this was the aha moment for me. Is aha, yeah, this right. Is, they're gonna they're gonna be hit by the train, and this is like a pre death thing type. But they they that, dive. That's into the, the water. way they frame it. Yeah, and they, yeah, but then they they dive. You, into the you water. do he, apparently you do hear the train sound at the mm-hmm. beginning of each episode. Oh, um, that's cool. I didn't actually notice it. I but I that's but I very that. good. God, I love the bait and switches. Uh, I think it's at the beginning of the they, first. Is it in all of them? I know it's. At, I'm sure it's at the first one. Is it in all? Of them? Maybe I'm maybe not. it's just the first one. Okay. Um, but yeah, and we you know also find this frog, but they are they're drowning. Well, there are so actually, those... actually before we get to that, that this is the point where he's like, "Screw you, Greg! Like you're you know ever since you got yeah. in my life, you know my life's been crap. That kind of thing." Before they fall in yeah, water. Yeah, just the beginning of him, like, just the continuation of him externalizing all of his problems. Mm-hmm. And in the first episode, remember the opening vignettes, those were seen through this sort of, like, dark around the edges, like, mm-hmm. eyeball view. Mm-hmm. Um, this explains why. These are vignettes being seen by Wirt as he's drowning. Yes. He fought, they, they dive out of the way of the train, and they roll down a hill, and presumably, whilst rolling down the hill, sustain some sort of head injury that when they hit the water, they lose lose consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and we cut back to the unknown, where Wirt wakes up. He's in a burrow with Beatrice's bird family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he sets off to kind of make things right. And Shirley Jones' bird is like, you know, be careful out there, young one. 
You or actually, she's yeah. like, you saw Beatrice. Where is she? Again, again, she turned into a bluebird. She's not like, let's turn back into human. She's more concerned about her kid. Like that's kind of nice. Hmm. Yeah. And this was kind of the the wake up call that Wirt needed to get out of himself. Mm-hmm. Is the flashback to wait, Greg wasn't the problem. I was combined with the fact that Greg is nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. Like it it all kind of hits him at once. Like oh he's not the problem i am mm-hmm. and that that gives him the kick in the ass to actually try to get out yeah um which which is the same <clears throat> thing that would lead him to becoming an adelwood tree right like <laughs> if he continues blaming others instead of himself he will give up it's only by accepting that the problems are his that he's able to like get his ass in gear to go uh go rescue greg and that brings us into the finale we have officially reached the unknown yeah, um, so we see Greg and the Beast doing some, like, classic magic item trading shit, like, into the woods, like, hair is yellow as corn, it's just corn hair. Um, here it's, like, a golden comb, and he finds a honeycomb, and, like, some silver thread, and it's spider silk, and a cup of the sun, and the setting sun goes into the cup. Like, the Beast is just barely making trouble for him, like, he wants greg to solve this stuff so that he can get his soul but greg yeah greg you clearly see him deteriorating you see he's clearly it's working it's working whatever Mm -hmm. this beast is doing him clearly greg is losing his vigor his life yeah he's he's starting to turn into an adelwood i got the feeling like um that greg's fear is that wirt won't come for him so as time goes on that Mm -hmm. That is the thing that is gaining power over him. Mm-hmm. But also, what did he? Wi- I, guess, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, what did he wish for? Because if he wishes for, like, theoretically, the wish would be for take me instead of Wirt. Like, probably because like Wirt was becoming an Adelwood ah, at that point. Ah, and then okay, but then so like, I guess that would mean that Greg would was lost, and the Beast came upon him and is, is like, you know, telling him, "Hey, do these things for me, and I'll yeah. make life good." Which yeah, I think so. some, something like that. It's 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 not really a something that you need to take a literal read of. It's just some sort of I think about these things. Get let, I'm gonna get out of his hair kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um. I love when Beatrice and uh, Beatrice and Wirt, you know, meet up again. They go and track down Greg, who's been turned starting to turn in this tree, and he coughs up some leaves. Mm-hmm. And Beatrice <laughs> so is like, good. "Oh no, it's turning. It's it's even inside of him that he's turning into a tree." And he's like, "No, I just ate some leaves." <laughs> Sure you did, buddy. <laughs> Beautiful, Greg. Um, but yeah, um, the, uh, the woodsman show. We also cut back to the watermill and see the woodman, the woodsman in frustration and kind of desperation. Like the beast is trying to tempt him into cutting down the Adelwood tree that be, that Greg is becoming. Mm-hmm. And he having, yeah, he having a um, he's, he realizes, oh, this isn't just I'm just cutting down a tree. This is I am. Destroying. I've been I've slaughtering been, yeah, exactly. children the, this whole time. Now that and I it's a little this. ambiguous whether he didn't know that factually or if it was something he was just not letting himself accept. That's possible too. I, I kind of like either of them, and I really love the trope of the devil tempts you into atrocities and then makes the atrocities known so that you are bound to continue the atrocities because otherwise it would have all been for naught. And then the other, the other uh, trope of mm-hmm. that, which is you would have gotten what you wanted if you hadn't done anything for the devil. In this case, yeah, like, it's yeah. a, it's a bald faced yeah. lie, yeah. Um, and the the thing that the devil is saying is that in this lantern, 
uh, is the soul of his daughter, and he needs to keep cutting down the Adelwood trees in order to get the oil to sustain this lantern. There's not really an end game for this. It's yeah. just like he's desperate and he doesn't want to lose what is close to him. He's going to keep doing it till he dies, and then after that, he's like, okay. And the the beast gives Wirt the option of like, hey, you take up the lantern, you chop down Greg, you can put his soul in this lantern. I'm offering you the deal that presumably I once offered the woodsman. And he's and Wirt he's thinking about it. He 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 steps forward like he's going to take it. And what I love is it's not like a, no, I'm not going to do It's It's more like a, <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's, that's stupid. <laughs> I'm not going to do this. Well, it's it's, it's not really a moral good. revelation he comes to. He just puts the pieces yeah. together of like, mm-hmm. wait, what, what are you, what's, what's going on here? Why, why are you so protective of this flame? Like, you don't, it almost seems like it's your soul. <laughs> I that's interpret, so good. I interpreted it as a, screw you, I'll think of something else. Mm. Oh, I, I saw it much more as a the underdog has figured out the puzzle I, sort of moment. I think it was a ha- in the way that the the protagonists in fairy tales often come to yeah. a solution. Mm. They just they clever themselves out of. I it, think it's you know six dozen of one, half dozen of another. So sure. Yeah. Um, I I really like this reveal mm-hmm. that the lantern, you know, he the beast is tricking the woodsman into protecting this thing that is enslaving him. Um. And I also love that Wirt, rather than destroy it himself, gives it to the woodsman. Like, this is this part, this is your problem, you know? And I yeah. think that's really I good yeah. for the woodsman. I can't do this well. part for you. I've, at this point, it's pretty clear to me that the beast represents a person's battle with their own fears. Yeah. Mm. In the case of Wirt, um, it's only by, you know, kind of revealing that he's. He actually has mastery over his own fears. The fears don't have power over him. He has the power over it. Right. And that kind of changing the the dynamic. But the woodsman also, I'm wondering if, like, with the loss of his wife, the woodsman um, became terrified of losing his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's how it works. And in an effort to remain close to her, he kind of allowed himself to be told this lie of, I need to protect her i need to never you know let her leave which is kind of a it, it a mirrors familiar... what we saw in episode seven with auntie whispers and it's the... yeah it's a it's a it's a very familiar kind of um um fear of a f- fear of leaving the nest kind of thing with parent parents in fiction and, and I... so many grimm's fairy tales are kids don't go out into the woods you're gonna get eaten yeah <laughs> i never thought of that before yeah, it's um, very um, thematically consistent, this notion that, I mean, the whole show kind of operates of, just turn the lights on, man. Yeah. Like, there's nothing there. Which yeah. is ironic. There's, there's there's no beast. You're, you're, you're the beast. You're making your own problems. Which, mm-hmm. Just turn the lights on. Which is ironic, considering what the woodsman's about to do. He blows out uh, a light. Get, de, de, yeah, meta, he, your metaphor died blow, there. Yeah. <laughs> well, we he... he shines the lantern on the beast briefly and i love this always in horror show me the monster you don't have to do it for long but i want to see this tree made of souls thing yeah this Um, inscription boss i i paused and looked at this this was uh really beautiful but i think the fact like if when you see it in the light if you look at just a picture of it it looks frail it looks like a dying tree i'm gonna go look it up real quick because i want to see this I will say 
this whole scene, this whole aftermath and, and final battle was really good. But I think it should have had more breathing room and more real estate. I think instead of all of the meandering of the previous episodes, like lose one of those and turn this episode into a two-parter. I would have been very happy with that. They were really they were really cramming hard to get the end the end thing in there. They were like we yeah. we almost had to cut the the part at the end we'll talk about. Oh, so that's, which is a shame because I thought the ending was really good as well. Yeah, but which is why they left it in. Thank God. Um, <laughs> Ben, you found it? Nope. Uh, yeah. I'm going to try, keep trying for it, though. Because I really uh, want to see yeah, this. The, the, the woodsman blows out the lantern. You know, he's he's conquered his fears. He's conquered the unknown. Mm-hmm. Now, that, is this before Holy or after? Shit. Yeah. This thing is awesome. Yeah. It's the whole... <laughs> is it, it's like, you know those... It's it. There's a thing. There's like a fear of like many holes. Like, like it's trypophobia, a weird phobia yeah. that I don't know the name of, of like... Holes, yeah. like a bunch of holes in something, like a like the of... movie holes, like when you're afraid of Shia LaBeouf I've, and what he'll do to you. I'm afraid. Of, I've been afraid of that guy for a long time. Yeah. He's, he's yeah, ever since the documentary Actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. <laughs> but did Work gives Beatrice the, the scissors before he blows it out. Yeah, right? he had them. He, yeah. he 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 swiped them. You had them Great. the whole. Yeah. You had them the whole time. Yeah, I was angry at you. Why didn't you get totally understandable? Sure, mad. fair enough. I mean, he's he's understandable, grown a lot, but he's still a teen. <laughs> it's under- yeah. I mean, it's understandable. It's like, okay, well, I did try to, you know, have you enslaved. I guess you know, I, can under- kind of, I can understand why you were a little bit bygones mature. be bygones, yeah. Yeah, um, this, it's a really elegant solution, and I I really like that the beast isn't really. It's it's like a classic pact with the devil kind of devil. Like he doesn't have any overt power. Mm-hmm. Like he can't really do anything other than tempt. Mm-hmm. And the the real problem is just like, um, it's just that everyone does it to themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what what what's the classic line about like, I, I, something like if the devil didn't exist, or, uh, or the, from, the devil doesn't the, need the, to the, exist because we made him the, something like the that. The best, uh, it's from the Usual Suspects. The the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing the world he exists. Oh crap! You're right. I don't that's know. a different yeah. one. That's that's a but different the, one. Yeah, this pretending. Oh yeah, you're right. That's a completely different. The or or like the devil came to Earth and realized that nothing more needed to be done. Something like that. Yeah, all the all the good memes. Memes. Um, before before we leave the unknown, I want to mention that they do finally give a name to the frog, and it is Jason Fungerberger. Funger. Perfect frog name. And it's it's you put together. Oh shit, that guy looks froggy. <laughs> that makes that's yeah. amazing. We should yeah, know the, the suit start, he was wearing was, was green. Only, it was mm-hmm. only at the ninth episode and like after that that I was like, all right, everything's got to have an analog to the flashback. Oh, like, yeah. Where's, where are the cheerleaders? Who is the egg? <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure out every little piece of it now. Um, but yeah, we we go back to the aftermath of the graveyard he has, scare. He has that great... Yeah, this is great. The great moment of, like, you've conquered it, that it's in the darkness, and then suddenly it's the... I'm going to do the visual... Where you like you have the thing where your eyes open and it's like okay I'm back got to do this now. In yeah. yep. Word comes back he he comes out of his coma swims down grabs Greg and Jason Funderburger the frog, uh, and then swims back to shore where he abruptly passes out as uh, the other graveyard goers come down to you know rescue yeah, to him. Get him. This all happened in an instant yeah. almost. And he didn't need to grab the frog. Frogs are yeah. notoriously amphibious. I'm just doing good. Anyway, well, I would have been like, Greg would have, okay, okay, <laughs> just, maybe you wouldn't think of this in a thing, but he's like, Craig is attached to this frog. 
I don't want Greg to wake yeah. up and be like, where's my frog? Where's 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 Jason Funderburger? No, not you. Yeah. The other Jason Funderburger. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, we get this really delightfully montage kind of uh, couple of shots where it's just like, and they're in an ambulance, and they're in the hospital room, and everything's fine. Like, we've done all of the heavy emotional labor. Yeah. We want to get to the wrap-up, so they're just giving us the shots of what we legitimately need to know very efficient visual storytelling supposedly one of the endings that they did consider was that that work would stay in over the well no he would stay over the garden wall he would he would be some variation of the woodsman uh and if you watched a lot of cartoon network at the time you thought oh it could happen they do kind of do some dark stuff no i i i mean like yes it could have but Uh, this is better that this this is a this is a wonderful ending yeah um and we get a nice little hospital scene where everybody's glad he's awake and alive. Um, mm-hmm. And he seems to accept the love. Um, yeah. It's clear that Greg, like, shared in this hallucination. He still has his frog. He still knows that it's named Jason Funderburger. It's still carrying a bell in its, bu- in its belly. And this thought never occurred to me until just now. It's not like they would get in the ambulance, they get to the hospital. Okay, they're waking up. They would have been in a coma for at least a few hours, which means that they stayed there with him to make sure he was okay. They, the, the, yeah, exactly. Like, that's so cute. there, there you go again, work. They do care about you. It's not you. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's, he's grown, yeah. right? Yeah. He, uh, basically puts it on the table. Well, you might not have a tape player, Sarah, but why don't you come over and listen to yeah. it? Other tapes first. Like, let's, yeah. let's, let's it's let, cute. let's let the love mm-hmm. confession with the accompanying clarinet, mm-hmm you know sit what for a weenie. Minute, but, I love him. He, but he's willing to put his awkward self yeah. out there and that's uh that's real growth and then the narrator's like everyone's happy yada 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 no yeah. one has a problem with the ending yeah, <laughs> moving we, on yeah. Yeah, we see everything we get that montage that almost got cut for time where oh, i'm trying the to montage is so good uh, everybody gets a happy ending i'm trying to go through all of them in my head and, the, and i want to make sure i don't miss it i think it begins with the woodsman's daughter coming coming out the door the the woodsman's daughter comes to like comes to the front door where the woodsman outside is just kind of staring wistfully i kind of took that as meaning he was emotionally unavailable like Mm. i don't think that he was ever really not there he just like was a mentally emotionally shut off because of the death of his wife that he wasn't as he couldn't be you know, yeah. with his remaining family. I'm wondering, even though that was his biggest fear. The thought just occurred to me. I'm wondering if it was one of these things where it's like she was, like, Greg, like, word in a coma or sick or something in the house. I didn't think mm. about this till now. It's like because I was the whole time I'm, we're doing this podcast. I'm thinking, where if if she wasn't in the lantern, where was she? And then it just occurs to me, well, the she was there the whole time. It's her. Right. It's he's saying your your daughter's soul's in here. You know, she's not going to wake up if you don't keep it lit. And that and never you occurred to, yeah. to people just You need now. to keep the you need to chop the wood to keep the fire going to mm-hmm. keep her warm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I that, see it. It's almost exactly one to one, actually. Yeah, it's actually very elegant. Um uh, we yeah. also see uh Beatrice and her family mm-hmm. all human again. Eat your dirt. They keep Yeah, they keep making people eat dirt. I love when uh Wirt's like in the tree with the birds and they're like feeding him dirt as he's waking up and he's like uh. and then later she says, like, here, have another bite of dirt and he just like accepts it <laughs> yes like fine he's not he's not happy to eat it it's like 
all right. <laughs> He's not complaining too much either. Yeah. Um, and like in the epilogue here, Beatrice is like, Mom, stop calling it dirt. <laughs> it's food. Well, what it's are you going to do? Cute. Turn us into birds again? Um, and then we get uh, the frog singing with a rotating piano, which bookends it. We, yeah. That was the introduction uh, visual as well. The and, yeah. lies of all. Get, get Jack Jones to do it. He can do it a little better than I can. I'm no good way. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I, th- I think it ends very, uh, very beautifully, very touching. All the closed circles, and um... it's a very sweet story with just a, f- a ton of fun tone in it. I'm happy yeah. Fred the horse got a good end. <laughs> oh, I didn't care about it. <laughs> I hope he goes back to just making sandwiches. Um, yeah, but that's, uh, he was that's the same the guy. Wall. Why do I have to explain the joke? You um, know, we know. <laughs> okay, the people okay, know who no. Fred okay. Solar is. Yeah. Um, you didn't yeah, know when we did Word Girl. No, of course not. But they know now. They were there with us in the dream. Um, I I really like this movie. You know, it's 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 not perfect. I think that there was some chaff in the middle, and they could have done some more at the end. But once it hits that midpoint and doesn't pull any punches and just starts really focusing in on the characters and their emotions, and as those start to grow. I think it's just a, a smooth ride from from midpoint to end. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and make a recommendation to you again, Zane, which is Centaur World because mm. it does a very similar. First of all, the tone is horror comedy, so that works out well. Um, it's got pretty decent jokes, although some of the characters I'm not thrilled about. But um, one of the things that it nails in the same way as this is that it um, it tells a a, a very emotionally resonant message through its plots. Yeah. Like they're it's they are characters aren't do think doing things just to do them. They're all kind of building toward this notion of this is what you need to work through. Adventure mm-hmm. Time did it, Steven Universe did it. I think regular show probably did it to some extent, which is we have our fir- it's we have our, the standard yeah, now. Yeah, our first season's just, hey guys, you know, just Jake and Finn up. Ah, Bumming around, ah, oh, doing that, doing that. And then there's this <laughs> overarching story that comes in later. The problem, and Steven Universe, the same thing. For the first season, it's just them kind of bumming around, and then there's an overarching story. The problem is with those shows, that overarching story goes on for way too long. Whereas, and this has been kind of, I mean, this has been a, a form of uh, cartoons for a long time where you'd also tell a moral, um, but it, they just have gotten incredibly more capable of subtly doing it and integrating the moral and the and the fun not beating you over the head with it like some yeah one of the things and one of the reasons i bring up that last part but went on too long after this ended i remember going online and i just remember seeing everybody saying this is back when you this is back when youtube had um now youtube has like uh child uh this is not recommended for kids. This is a kid's video. Yeah, and when yeah. you pick this is a kid's video, you, the comments are blocked off. That didn't used to be. It used to be the comments were there. And so if you watch the promo that Jack Jones did, you just see scores and scores of people saying, this should continue, this should continue. Retcon it. Just make it continue. And I, <laughs> I'm i going to make a – I'm making a big point, and this is Josh getting on his soapbox more so than anything else I've said up to this point, which is <laughs> – Sometimes some things just are better. This 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 did it perfectly. <laughs> it told the story it needed to. It didn't need to go. It didn't need nine mm-hmm. seasons of them in over the garden wall. It didn't need nine seasons. I mean, frankly, yeah. there's nowhere else for their characters to go after this. Yes, right. and 
there's one big problem that Wirt has to need to figure out, and he figures it out. There, what, what else do you do with him? Yeah. He's a dude that's growing up. Yeah. Like we're there's nothing else. There, there's no <laughs> other story to tell. Well, the problem is the problem <laughs> is we live in a world where we we live in a country more so. I don't think it's the rest. Well, Canada does it too. Where I want more, and I've actually seen people say this about mm-hmm. shows. Um, Zane, you watch Survivor, right? Oh yeah, I, well you I'm, know. Well, okay, I'm, I'm calling you. Up, but okay, well, there's my point is I've. A- it's not polite to point atten- point attention to his sickness. I've actually seen people say this. Who cares if it's good or not, as long as they keep making it? I mean, yeah, that is how I feel about and Survivor. And again, I it's will not admit. just that. I've not again. That's that. That was true, but that's true of a lot of shows. That's true of like when Adventure Time ended. I don't know. You guys are mm-hmm. never going to cover. Are you guys ever going to do Adventure Time? I know you haven't. I I've barely ever even watched uh, it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not I'm not interested gonna... in doing Adventure okay. Time, honestly. When Adventure Time ended, I remember all the internet being like, "Oh my God, Adventure Time is ending," and blah blah blah. And I just remember sitting there going, "You're going to reboot this in three years. What's the point? <laughs> I'm not falling for this crap. I know." And liter- and I was wrong. They rebooted it like nine months later. <laughs> People will eat, they'd rather have a hundred crappy hamburgers than one really, really good hamburger. Give me my one As really, really good hamburger. we saw in that Spongebob hamburgers. episode. And, and this, this evokes the spirit of those old fairy tales where you're not getting Cinderella 3. You get Cinderella. We'll tell you Cinderella again. It's a classic before you go to bed. Uh, but it's not really meant to exist outside of that framework. It's not content it is culture and this was designed to be that perfect circle oral tradition you can you can fiddle around at the edges but this is the story they did um that said i would love it if the creator makes more things similar tone different story like this did what it needed to i don't have his wikipedia what other than after did i don't did he go back to adventure time what did he do after this i know he which, by the way, the song that plays when um, Greg is... I'm not going to sing it for you, but you're going to put in the... The angels have gone, still the haunted ruins of night. That yeah. song, he's singing. Mm-hmm. That's Pat McHale singing that. Gotcha. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so what he's doing next is he is apparently the scriptwriter for the upcoming Netflix adaptation of Redwall. I don't know Which what... is another oh. classic children's book series about being in the woods and doing adventures. So I think that's actually a, a pretty good... It's a good fit. I've never... Pretty good fit. I'm not familiar with I your think red it's walls. Been a, it's, it's been a while since I've seen a piece of modern media that evokes so much of that fairy tale majesty. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it just... I don't know. And and it's, you know, it's, it's nice to go back toward the end of the Grimm's fairy tale spectrum for a change. Like, we're over-inundated with the Disney versions of fairy tales. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is... It just goes down very... Like, it's it's a very welcome departure from types of cartoons that I've seen recently. It, but it still has kind of, like, the magic of uh, the Gravity Falls dialogue and the character dynamics. And, yeah, it's a this is a real strong miniseries. It doesn't show Ariel having her legs cut off gruesomely but it infers and tells us that it's happening (laughs) um i i want to get your kind of gut check on this plot line from the um, graphic novel based on this called the uh, distillatoria it blurs fantasy and reality um so the idea is after 
Greg and Wirt wake up. They run into Beatrice, who is still a bird, and they need to keep people from finding out about her while returning her to her human form. Thoughts? I don't... Do you want to go first, Ben? Why? Yeah, I I don't acknowledge any mystery science that was made after 1999, and I don't acknowledge anything that was made after the 10th (laughs) episode of Over the Garden Wall. Gotcha. Yeah, I, what is what else? Like I said before, what else is anything. there to say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's over. It's we, yeah. we 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 did it all, guys. Like hundred percent. Word, word has. I mean, any percented, but any percent in this case is one hundred percent. No, Word already did the thing that he needed to do for his character to develop. Yeah, you the, had the full the, arc. The mystery has been solved elegantly. Mm. What what use is there picking over these old wounds? Like. It irks me when people don't don't allow an ending to exist, even if it's an appropriate and elegant one. And I understand the the need to just no, I want more content. This is a content I already like, but give me more of it. But uh, take it from me, everyone out there. No matter how much you love a property, there's other fiction out there. You you will you will love again. You know, <laughs> Sarah isn't your one and only someone. You will you will find more cartoon loves. Um, well, I don't know about now if you'll find just, more because you're aware of the Discovery Warner by. Uh, go ahead. Mm. I don't know if we'll get more because it, it seems like animation's in trouble right now. It, uh, it's it's I, an I don't interesting by that, but business inter- intersection. Yeah, it's it, and and the flip side is by having a clear ending and not over merchandising the hell out of this it is a lot more niche than a lot of other things i only even became aware of this five years after it came out and only now to have just watched it i only just now realized it wasn't into the hedge or over the hedge, whatever that movie was <laughs> i'm holding so. one of the few pieces of merchandising i think they ever did which is the dvd which they would have been stupid not to make because this is before streaming took over and back when physical oh, yeah. media mattered which is something i miss um <laughs> it's yeah, I think there may, there may have been some it, sort of tie-in when they were first promoting it, but other than that, yeah, there wasn't anything. Go ahead, Ben. I think in the future, whenever I see that a property is ending, uh, I'm going to remind myself just to ask the question, is there anything more to do with this? Because mm-hmm. sometimes there is. Like, I've seen... I'd seen properties that end, not unceremoniously, but with more to be done. Yeah, I... Uh, I'm struggling for examples I, right I now, one. but that's a feeling that I have had. I have one that only I know about. There's a webcomic that just ended literally like two weeks ago called Problem Child. It has nothing to do with the movie, and it's it's not the bright oh, no, 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 it's no. not the brightest of of webcomics, and it it ends in such a way as to where I'm like, okay, people are moving on with their lives, but you never get the sense of closure that you really wanted. Mm. Like it's not like some it's I not think... like a bunch of people die at the end of it or anybody dies. It's just like everybody's kind of like. It, a real it good really example. Go ahead. A real good example of this feeling was the feeling that I had at the end of the original run of Samurai Jack, and they brought then brought it back and ended it properly. Did they really? I mean, they ended it like like with a proper ending, and I I couldn't help but feel like it was better when it was open ended, and that is an appropriate ending to me. Mm-hmm. Like, if I were to ask myself, is there anything left undone in Samurai Jack? I think the answer is yes, but that doesn't mean that it's not a complete ending, even without the fifth season. Like, if you can end it early and are just reopening it for cash or for, you know, a sense of closure, like, there has to be more to it than just so that we can say it's done. 
there has to be like content there. Should we do Samurai Jack instead of what we have planned next? <laughs> I mean, we could. This just occurred to me now. Um, like again, they would like, and I hope and pray they never just they would do. Uh, they, I'm surprised they never gave the Scotsman from Samurai Jack a spinoff. Not that I, not again, not I want that. I don't want that. I'm yeah, just no surprised they didn't do it because it seems like the kind of thing a network mm. would do if something. Yeah. And I just hope and pray that like we don't get the the misadventures of the woodsman or something crazy like that from this. <laughs> no, I mean, fans watch are a fickle. man spiral into his own oppression. <laughs> No. Fans are fickle. Every time um, an artist says, I want to do other things, yeah. like there's going to be a ton of fans that are like, we don't want you to do other things. We want you to stay the same and keep pumping out that good content. And then but, we get like, misery. That's, that's not how art evolves, and it's not how people operate. And I think it's just, it's worth taking a step back and recognizing that it's okay that your stories have endings, mm-hmm. um, especially when they're this well done. Although I will say, talking about Gravity Falls, Gravity Falls needs more. I don't. I no. don't. No, I. I <laughs> no, don't think. Hard disagree. Okay, well, we'll ended de- perfectly. We'll debate that. Ooh, uh, that I definitely don't agree with. We'll debate <laughs> that on another day. Sounds yeah, good. Um, any final final wrap up thoughts for Over the Garden Wall? I think uh, we're all pretty pretty positive on yeah, it. Yeah, I. Ha- it's great. I have a question first. Was it real? Was it real, or was it was it just something that weren't imagined in the visage of death? It's- because Greg never references anything they did when they get to the hospital. That we see. Yeah. Um, I have an unsatisfying answer for you. Okay. Is it that you I, don't care? Is, I don't care. Good. Yeah. Okay. Did you? I don't think. I don't think it. <laughs> that, I don't that's think it matters. matters if well. it's, I care about. It, I don't think it matters if it's okay. real or not. I care about this. Then, uh, did you see the twist coming? Um, the the like the which, which the one? fact that Them it's the fact kids. that they are from modern times and that. They're not like kids from this world who just got lost who are now in it. That they are in fact people like kids of the modern era that somehow ended I, up in this world and no i mean they don't they don't hide that fact i didn't think I, of that as a twist i didn't s- like they they're they're constantly referencing pop culture stuff from modern times give me an example he does mention a telephone at some point but i i think in general it's fairly timeless i i didn't see it coming per se i knew they weren't from here mm-hmm. but that could have meant anything right but I didn't. I never interpret. I never thought until the la- until they showed it. Like, oh, they're from our. Mm-hmm. They're they're from our era. I, yeah, I guess it was just like they were from a normal place, and my brain immediately went to our era mm. because like, word has to be out of sorts, and viewing everything through the prism of this place is real weird, and the easiest way to do that is to put them in our world. So, okay. it's maybe a question I should have asked but didn't. Yeah, I, I was always the guy that. Uh, uh, I was always the guy who would ruin M. Night Shyamalan movies. I'm like, it's set in the present day. He's dead. <laughs> Turns out he's also a superhero. It's our world. And then people in the theater would get mad and throw popcorn at there me was because time a lot of them then. just don't give a crap. They're like, we wanted to watch yeah. a movie. Thank you for your opinion. Please leave. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe you only thought that they felt that yeah. way. They really loved my. <laughs> they really loved it and took it as a great thing. That like, oh, that's a mm-hmm. very valid point. It was all in your head. Come on man. and join us and and t- dis- let's discuss. Because see, I assumed you guys hated me until yeah. I came late. I assumed like, mm-hmm. oh god, we have to have this loser on again to talk about another show. <laughs> right. But it turns out no, it's actually you guys wanted me here. I actually yeah. do hope you guys do want me here. It's not just we 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 really okay. we we like you on. We Yay. we really appreciated you bringing this to us. Thank you. Yeah, um, this is this is wonderful content. I'm glad that you were. 
that you that you offered it to us, mm-hmm. and that you're um, so uh, enthused about it. It's not the sort of thing that I would have um, thought that you would be into. Um, yeah, in that era of my it's life, it's a little too earnest. Well, and that yeah, <laughs> again, in that era of my life, when was this? 2014. I was just starting getting a real job, and I was just starting getting out in the real world. So I go from this kind of college kid who was very much wart-like, who was very much avoid the people, Josh, because they will only hurt you. When in reality, yeah. they were like, hey, Josh, come on, let's let's go hang out. And I'm like, no, yeah. people who care about me, no. And I think that helped it. And also just the fact that we weren't, and we're very much in this era now, we weren't getting great content. Well, again, up to, the, up to this point, because again, people think of Steven Universe, people think of Adventure Time as this thing. That hadn't happened yet. Uh, prior to that, it was just, Guys hanging out, do people doing stuff. This is the seriousness, and it's all combined into te- into ten episodes, and we don't need anything more. And that's succinctly what makes it good, which is going to be great. It's real well self-contained. Yeah, which is going to be great when we talk about the next show that I want to do, which is so antithetical to this. Uh. Well, before we get to that, um, Ben, what are we going to check out next time? I forgot. Okay. Uh, Ben, next time we are going to go into another magical world, uh, not like our own. Was it a dream? Who can say? It was all dreamt up by uh, this this young up-and-comer, Jaden Smith, when he made the Smash anime Neo-Yokio. There it is. We're expecting it to be bad. I can't wait. This is gonna. This is gonna rule. This is one of those things where I suspect it's not as bad as people said it was, but it's still it's bad. Just, it's just a huge meme. Yeah. I think like, you're I, gonna love our conversation. Yes, I look very it. much That's forward to hearing you guys talk about. I'm actually it. really excited to watch and and really inhabit the character of Jaden Pinkett. Smith. I'm not going to watch and play along with you, but I will let, gladly listen to you talk about it. I'm I'm really eager. Okay. There, um, Ben, yeah. there's a scene where a character gets Ranma dunked into a woman and another one into a panda. And the main character's like, oh, bro, you're sexy now. And he's like, dude, I'm not into that. Come on, <laughs> leave me alone. And they use it to explore talking about consent. Oh, that's that's nice. What show is this in? Neo Yokio. Oh. Are you sure? It's poor. I'll say now it's poorly handled. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. It reminds me of that crunchy roll. Um original series that they did that i'm not going to say the name of that did you guys see that high garden spice maybe i will say it they yeah. they were they were building this no. thing and, and again it's like your heart was in the right it, you feel like that the moral but you made such a bad show that again and, and it was so overhyped by Crunchyroll that that it oh, was kind of gotcha and then when it came that's yeah. kind of its own problem yeah. with with if you want to watch something good on Crunchyroll, could i recommend uh one piece no, no. one piece can go to hell <laughs> I really do hate. If I really you, do if hate. If you have a purgatory amount of time to spare. Now, granted, I saw the four kids dub. I don't know if you guys are ever going to cover it. Oh so. shit! <laughs> that thing. The the four kids dub is infamous. I just wanted. I, to I can't s- imagine a situation where Ben watches One Piece. Uh, I, <laughs> it I gave it an effort a long time ago, and I tapped out around episode 100. It was on. I'm like, yep, I've seen everything there is to see. And after Neo Yokio, um, Dane, do we want to do the end uh, episode of Samurai Jack? Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, just because we talked about it so much this episode, or we we talked about it this episode, and I, I am We've been meaning to do it forever. We have been meaning to do it. They finally finished it with the fifth season that ended the story. I'm willing to use that without adjective, um, but not particularly well, mm-hmm. and 
I think it would be good to go back and and kind of because we did an episode on Samurai Jack. We talked a bunch of sugar about it. We didn't have the knowledge back then that it would end. Let's go back and look at it and see how it how it shapes up. Yeah, let's let's reheat this Re- Samurai Jack segment. season five. Perfect. Well, all right. Uh, so we're looking forward to Neo Yokio and then Samurai Jack season five. And uh, yeah, yeah, Josh for joining us for Over the Garden Wall. Yay! Yeah, thanks a bunch. Thanks me too. Um, it was it was great to check this out. I was glad to be forced to do it and then to talk about it. Um, if you have anything to say about Neo Yokio, and I know you do, uh, or the fifth <laughs> season takes, of Samurai please. Jack. And I'm even more confident that you do. You can go to fancybat.com slash cartoncast and leave a remark in our contact page. You can go to um, Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review. It really helps us out and it validates our existence. And more than anything else, please tell your friends about the show. Uh, Josh, did, is there anything that you want to plug before we head out? JM Archives, I have business cards now, which, uh, and I'm doing a, uh, Fancy. yeah, I'm doing a presentation. At least I hope I am. Uh, soon I will send that forward. And I interviewed, I finally, finally, finally interviewed someone who worked on the good version of Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> I don't know what that means. They rebooted it, and we'll talk about it when we do the next show. Uh, go to the JM archives. According to my business card, that doesn't show up well on camera because of the autofocus. I kind of liked yeah. it. Oh, and I'm doing a presentation on Japanese game shows, and I just wanted to, and one of the things I will be covering is Ultra Quiz. And I know you guys will get a lot of delight out of this. This is a prop that was. This isn't. This is a. This is a toy mock-up version. What am I looking at? They would wear these on their heads, like buzzers. It very much looks like an Uncle Sam. Yeah, that's because uh-huh. that's what it was, and you'll see what it was when I do my presentation. Oh, and when Oof. you were the first to ring in, like instead of a light popping up, instead of like you know a light or something like that, if you were the first to ring in, <laughs> <laughs> King of Quiz is... question mark Jack in the box is out of the hat. That is delightful. Very nice. Well, thanks again for coming on, uh, and I do have to jump out now because I've got a lot of frogs to name. I'm gonna go eat some potatoes and molasses. I gotta go prepare a mixtape for this for this girl that I kind of like, but only stare at from afar. Oh, but what if she hates you? <laughs> <laughs>